Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of Two Guys Watching Wrestling, Season 3, Episode 2 of Nightsticks and Coffins, the big boss man's naughty 1999. Mike Went, Rich Ellison. Rich, how you doing tonight? Mike, I got my leather Harley Davidson cap on backwards. I got uh-huh. some jean shorts on. Uh-huh. I'm uh, I'm just here to say goodbye to my friends and piss and moan the whole episode. It's fully loaded. Are you ready for this? I was just a podcast host. I am a fucking podcast host, Jr. <laughs> I I'm can't saying believe goodbye we got to that. my friends. I just want to say goodbye to my friends as they left. Goddamn right, it was five years ago, Jr. And I got punished. Sent to my room. Didn't win King of the Ring. I got to had a had a have some farmers put my face in pig shit. Goddamn, Jr. I'm edgy now. <laughs> got a fucking curse. I love that we got that on heat. They fucking put that interview on heat. Yes. Like, like that show, like watching, because today we're covering uh, Fully Loaded 99 and obviously the Sunday Night Heat that aired right before Fully Loaded 99 because uh, Sunday Night Heat used to be what we know now as the pre-show or or whatever it's called. Is it still the pre-show? Is that what they're calling it? Or is it is there some cool name behind it? I know it was like at one point the Mountain Dew Spectacular or some shit, but. I think I think they call it like the 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 was it the Sam Rothstein Aces High fucking <laughs> the, bullshit. the Sam Rothstein dancers <laughs> Aces High fuck yeah um, anyway yeah it used to be Sunday Night Heat uh, so we're covering that and watching this my overall feeling uh, all the way through fully loaded ninety nine right up to the very end was goddamn the show was just so much better back then. Um, and we were texting as we were both watching it back and forth. And it's like, I'm not talking about the in-ring wrestling. Because uh, I will uh, I will say that the in-ring work of today's wrestlers is much more athletic. And if you are into that stuff, better. Uh, but back then, the show was just fucking better. Like, it was just more... Like, I was thoroughly entertained uh for the last what three hours that that i sat and watched that and and, like thoroughly top to bottom storylines i knew nothing about i completely forgot about and there was a there was a few where it's like the match ended i was still trying to figure out what the hell happened and they were already on to the next thing i'm like i don't fucking care i'm in on this one now it's like wait a minute who's val venus fucking right now oh deal brown's here okay great well fuck it (laughs) it's like i don't care (laughs) This was this was definitely ADD television with no no Ritalin. I mean, that's what the Attitude Era was, and it's funny because, like, uh, like we talked about last week, you know, we were both like target demo for that. You know, we were right in that age age bracket that this was like this was so um, speaking for myself, so my jam. Like, I I was all in at throughout the entire Attitude Era, and as, you know, now watching it back in twenty twenty one. It's like you have to almost relearn how to watch TV like that because now everything's so drawn out and so fucking slow. And it's like you watch today's, you know, Raws or Smackdowns or whatever else. There's, you know, 27 hours per week of wrestling. uh, And most of it is fucking recaps. You don't get recaps in this. Like I said, I'm still trying to figure out what happened at the end of one match and I'm halfway through the next match. I'm like, holy shit, I missed everything. Like there's like you, you got like. 
uh, I think a video package for like three matches on this show. And they were the ones with like the, the bigger storylines. It was like the DX one, the rock one, which putting those two matches back to back was a massive mistake uh, just because it was a lot of, I felt like the DX theme song was just on a loop for about a half an hour. Um, and then, and then the Austin one, you got, you got obviously the Austin McMahon recap, but the rest of it, it was like, let's just keep fucking rolling, man. Let's keep rolling with JR will explain it or he won't. It won't matter. Let's just keep rolling. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's my overall thoughts before we start really getting down to nitty gritty. Rich, what do you, how was your overall feeling of this? So this, I've said it before, this was probably, Attitude Era-wise, my favorite pay-per-view. This is a guilty pleasure of mine. I've watched it multiple times just on a whim. I just Mm -hmm. feel top to bottom, super entertaining. But watching it through this kind of perspective, where we're kind of reviewing it and talking about it. Like actually paying attention. You know? Yeah. Kind of of nitpick on some things. And I agree 100%. Having those two main event matches back-to-back probably took a little bit of steam out of their crowd because if you had that rock triple H match in the middle mm-hmm. and then Austin undertaker at the end, I, I think it, it felt like the crowd was exhausted halfway through the main event. In my and opinion. I, and I think also that that could be also, like I said, it's us watching this back, watching it now into in present day. Uh, because if you think about, as I'm just looking over the card, that's how they used to book, you know, wrestling. And, and even going back before the Attitude Era, it was like, now we're so used to every show having like three main events, you know, the whole co-main event thing. So you scatter them. Sometimes the main event opens the show. You know, there, there's been some matches where, you know, it was, uh, what, it was one WrestleMania where, where Brock was the champion. It was the one that Hogan was, quote unquote, hosting. And he just, and the, that was the opening match. The yeah, world title was... Friends. The world title was the opening match. And then you got the, you know, another, and I think it's also because there's 87 championships um, that are all defended on damn near every show, or at least at WrestleMania and stuff. So you get a lot of those. They have to scatter them. And, and there is that feeling of, you know, you want the crowd to go up and down and up and down. But if you look at this, uh, the, the matches and, and the cards were definitely booked. As, uh, in an old school way where it's like, you know, you got your opening curtain jerker match. It's going to be, you know, fun, a little bit of high energy stuff. And then it's like, here's the mid card. And then here's the main event. And the main event comes at the end of the show. And that's usually where you found your, you know, your, your championship matches, or at least the, the whole title picture at the end of the show. And that was what these two main events had. Um, yeah. Yeah. But good stuff. Fucking good stuff, man. God, I, I forgot so much about the attitude era. Because I just like I, I've I know I mentioned it last week, uh, like I've periodically gone back and just watched random episodes. But usually they're the ones like the ones that always stuck with you. Like the like I mentioned last week, the 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 whole that run that Austin had where he you know put the cement in the cor- Corvette. He took the one where he took McMahon hostage is still one of my favorite episodes of Raw ever. Like I, yeah. I can watch that and still I'm laugh. Bang 316, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bang 316, uh, uh, Bang 316 says I just pissed my pants or something like that. And it's like, I, I, I watched that maybe, I don't know, six months ago. I was making dinner, needed something to watch for, you know, a quick turn, and it was just like, it's still fucking funny. Like, that's that's the thing about uh, going back and watching this Attitude Era stuff that I found uh, more than, like, current-day wrestling. It's not the shit on current-day wrestling. It's just probably more me who has changed as a, as a TV viewer. Um, 
it's funny. Like it was like I sit here and laugh at again. It, it's like and not like I'm laughing at it, but it's like the comedy that they're doing. It's like, oh, this shit is actually really funny. Genuinely. And and you're 100 percent right. They now they do backstage skits, vignettes, whatever you want to call it, to try to be funny. Right. The stuff was just funny. There was no putting it on, making it funny. Like we'll talk about the rocks promos. We will. He still hasn't even hit his stride. Right. And he's still crushing it. We're still you know, pre SmackDown. Like, yeah. like, and what I mean is SmackDown hasn't even started as a show yet. We are about five weeks away from that. Maybe on, on this show anyway, cause we're going to start doubling up uh, coming next week. Uh, but yeah, like, and, and I think that's also, that also plays into it. Um, the roster that they had in this era was just, they were naturally entertained. And that's not to say that the, you know, the current day isn't naturally entertaining, but it's one of those things that you can, t- like the, the way it was written. Um, and, and again, this could, this could just be me, but I, I don't think I'm wrong on it. Um, it's the, the way, especially when it comes down to promos and stuff like that, that Austin has, has been the one that really kind of hammers on, mostly just because he does so many like, you know, podcasts and stuff like that, uh, whether it's on a network or whatever, where he talks about it. But he's like, when, when we cut promos, it was the bullet points. You know, you, you had a place, you had an end that you had to get to. And most of it was just reacting to how other people were shit talking you. So you came out and you talked more shit about them, but you got to, you know, the end, which was, and I'll see you this Sunday type of thing. Uh, but it was just, it was funny cause it was just guys shit talking other guys. And, and it was, it was really, really funny naturally. Um, so before we get into it, uh, any other thoughts, Rich? Yeah. Just to piggyback on what you said, it, it seems like back in 97, 98, 99, it was more improv theater. Mm-hmm. And now they're trying to get more of a Broadway feel. Everything's scripted, everything robotic and and whatnot. And and then I really think that creative freedom, mm-hmm. if they bring some of that back, I think that could bring some of the entertainment value back up. Because they're really struggling now trying to hold viewership and comparing something peak time to now. What That's one of the big – because the athletic, the, the in-ring abilities now star f- far pro- – far – Supersedes. Proceeds. Thank you. Far proceeds what we watch there in in ring wise, but it's that creative freedom of the buildup of the promos of the storylines. So it's it's one of those contrasts. And and that's and to me, I think that's why why I kind of hold on to that shit a little bit more is because like you know not only what we're doing here on this show, uh, two guys watching wrestling. But also just how I've enjoyed as as a viewer of the the program and, and the genre of entertainment. Like I never took anything away from the athletic side of any of these guys. And and you know, we we've shit on show, you know, just go back and listen. We've shit on shows. But especially the even the the last series we did on WWE CW, we never really talked about the in-ring work. And that that was why a lot of it became almost kind of redundant because the the in-ring work, the matches were really good. It was just the entertainment value that wasn't there because I don't, you know, I don't look at it. It's not like wins and losses don't matter to me. You know what I mean? Tell me an entertaining story. You know, if, if, if my favorite guy loses, he better lose in some kind of dramatic fashion. Therefore I want to watch next week so he can get his come ups and all that shit. Uh, and that's, that's what they did. Like, 
even even ending this fucking pay per view. The the pay per view didn't end with like an ending. It was like, well, you better tune the fuck in tomorrow night on Raw type of thing. Yeah, there was there was an explosion at the end, which we'll basically yeah. get to. But yeah, let's let's start it off with uh, talking about Sunday Night Heat. Now, okay, right off I, the bat, if I remember correctly, Sunday Night Heat started as an MTV vehicle that switched to no, USA. I think it was always, I mean, I could be a hundred percent wrong, uh, but I'm pretty sure it was always a USA thing. I think I, 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 I just think it was one of those. Because uh, of the uh, tie-in. What you might, I don't know. I want to say it was, oh, I don't, I don't see Sunday Night Heat anywhere on my, my thing right here. Um, let me see. Sunday Night Heat. You might be thinking, and I, and I could also be wrong about that. You could be thinking of Shotgun Saturday Night. That was a nope, fuck. fuck. Nope, fuck me. God damn, Rich, you're right again. Wow, that happens. Well, no, but no, actually, um, nope. Wait, 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 wait. Um, it was originally on the USA Network. Uh, it started on August 1998. In October of 2000, it went to MTV for three years. All right, so it was backwards. It was USA so, then MTV. Yeah, and then it went on to to Spike or TNN, whichever one it was at the time in 2003. And then in 2005, it went on WWE.com. Apparently, it ran till 2008. Fuck me, I didn't know that. I but yeah. Wow, holy shit. Yeah, right? But, Heat. Uh, right off the bat, holy yeah. shit that they used strobes back then. <laughs> oh, God, I almost swallowed my tongue twice. I was having such a seizure in the opening of Sunday Night Heat. Like, because I'm sitting here watching it at my computer, so the you know, it's shorter than my forearm distance, the, my monitor here. And, and I was like, I actually had to lean my chair back and be like, "Holy shit, that's gonna hurt!" Like, again, I'm an old man. That's gonna hurt my eyes. <laughs> this been told for. I don't know how long. Don't don't sit too close to the TV. It'll hurt your eyes. Now I got two of them sitting right there in my eyeballs. But yeah, a lot of strobes. A lot of fucking strobes. Also, the font. They used a lot of lowercase letters mixed in with capital letters. The font was crazy. Yeah, it was. <laughs> uh, and I think the point of Sunday Night Heat, especially on pay-per-view nights, was just to show all the wrestlers arriving to the arena. <laughs> In his yes. sweats. <laughs> Undertaker in his sweats. <laughs> Undertaker just looked like he just rolled out of bed. He's like, oh, fuck, I gotta go to work. God damn it. Paul, get my bag. I don't feel like getting dressed today. <laughs> he didn't even button his shirt. Like, get, give me one button. Give me, show me something. Give me one button. The, the fashion back then. It's like, oh, I mean, look, historically... The history of wrestling fashion has always been absolutely ludicrous. And I don't think I'm going out on a limb by saying that. I mean, these are guys that wear spandex and cowboy boots and fanny packs and think it's a look. But when they hit this Attitude Era run, holy shit. <laughs> and again, as someone who was in their late teens in this era, I was just a big a douchebag with fashion as the rest of them. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I didn't have one of those those ball chains like Draws War. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. I absolutely. Yeah. 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 I, the balls. I, I, and, or, I had or, one. Or bicycle chains as necklaces. Yeah. We were dicks back then. I mean, 
fucking big like bag like not even i wouldn't even say baggy jeans i mean i could say jenko to you because you get it but for those that don't just fucking google jenko jeans i mean they were basically a tent on my from a waist down it's like here's a tablecloth that splits in the middle we call them pants um yeah, it would come with like the weirdest coloring stitching so you get like black yeah. pants with neon green stitching or whatever the fuck and it is ludicrous but yeah, yeah. and and and, and yeah, the Undertaker, like and all the wrestlers, it's like they show up like like Austin. Well, his his look like was probably one of the more normal ones, but still, when you break it down, kind of fucking weird. Uh, the jean shorts with the combat boots, like that's not a look that was like he made it popular. Like there there was more than a few kids that wore that look in the summertime. Because it was Austin's look in those late '90s, whereas like ah, oh, jean shorts and and these weird fucking mesh combat boots. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess that's a thing. And of course, fanny packs. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I had the leather fanny pack slung low like a dick. What do I have to carry? <laughs> we didn't have we didn't have cell phones back then. I have a my pager hanging off the side of it like a fucking asshole. <laughs> I, I I used to wear my. Uh... I used to wear my fanny pack going to the arcade, put all my tickets and coins in there. (laughs) I'd spend $80 and I'd get this fucking like, like this fucking stuffed duck with one eye missing. But you think about it like you ball. And, and, and I mean, we wore them because the wrestlers that we looked up to wore them. They wore them because they wore cowboy boots and Zubaz. And had no pockets, you know. And these were adults with shit to carry. We were fucking teenagers. That I think I might have had a license at this point. That was about it, <laughs> you know. I had a license and my mom's beeper hanging off the fucking thing, look trying to look cool. <laughs> I, I want to bring I want to bring fanny packs back. Like the older I get, like socks and sandals, I'm all about oh, fanny dude. packs. I'm all about like jean shorts. I I personally I don't give a fuck. So oh, fuck, you know, stuff, yeah, fuck, fuck right. people that the, the fashion shame first of all because cargo pants are one cargo shorts are fucking wonderful. They have so many pockets, and in the summertime you can't wear a coat. So yeah, yeah. Now as an adult that needs to carry shit, I need you know. It's basically like having saddlebags on your legs. It's wonderful, um, and, and yeah, with this whole pandemic and COVID, my God, I don't remember the last time I put socks on. Like, just, I have been living in sweatpants and flip-flops. Like, oh, we got to, oh, it's wintertime. I got to go to the store. Guess what? I don't have to get out of the car. Everything has curbside. Like, that's one of the wonderful things. Like, I'm not doing it to be overly safe. I'm doing it because I'm fucking lazy. I don't want to deal with people. It's like, uh, do you have curbside? No, uh, no, I'm not going to go. I'm going to pick the your competitor because I just don't want to get out of the car and deal with you. <laughs> I'd say within six months of this, we're all going to be looking like the dude. I already do. <laughs> I already do. My God, my hair is out of control. The only thing keeping it back are these headphones, but it's a fucking mess. My beard has gone from chest level to it's fluctuated all over the place. You know, I, b- before uh, the only reason I trimmed it back uh, in what September was because I did the movie. Uh, and I had to trim it back, but even then it was like, it was like chest level. Like I basically looked like Mick Foley. <laughs> you kind of look like a midlife crisis Chewbacca. I, yeah, sure. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. Big hairy asshole. that grunts a lot. Yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that sunny? So, who, what? 
Oh. <laughs> yeah, get that Patreon going so we can review Sonny's porno. <laughs> Uh, 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 yeah, oh, fuck a Hall of Famer. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up and don't block the camera. God damn it. This isn't sexy. Stop pretending. <laughs> I'm sure kids about your education, boy. Like, that was. Oh, I, oh, well, oh, God. Our sidetracking already. I was trying to keep us on time because I don't want the tape to run out like last time. Tape, whatever the fuck. <laughs> but, but, oh, man. The funniest part about that is watching her co-star get so pissed off while fucking her. <laughs> like, like, I'm, you know, and it's not like, it's not angry porn. It's, it wasn't meant to be that way. You could just see that this professional was getting overly annoyed with this non-professional in this area and probably pissed off because she was probably collecting a better paycheck than him. Probably, unless he was the one paying her. I don't know. The, I don't know the whole business arrangement, but oh, his aggravation was hilarious to me. Oh, the the part where they got the handcuffs involved, he just wanted to take a fucking nightstick to her. That's he wanted right. a big. He, he did handcuff her, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He want he wanted a big boss man. Her hundred percent. Tremendous segue back into the show, Rich. I like that boss man. <laughs> nightsticks, nightsticks, and coffins. Big Boss Man's Naughty 1999. All right. And he is on this show, which I got about halfway through fully low. I'm like, is the Boss Man even on this fucking show? <laughs> <laughs> like, look, I know we shoehorned this fucking gimmick in to do late 90s fucking attitude era, but come on. And he was. He, he is on the show. And he has a hell of a match, actually. It was definitely yeah. up. Like, that was, that was a, like I said, I was entertained for three full hours. I don't get that anymore. I just don't. Even even Sunday Night Heat was entertaining, even though the matches were like 45 seconds long. It didn't matter. He's a fucking game, JR. <laughs> I want to say goodbye to my friends, JR. It put a hole in my fucking stomach, JR. <laughs> I'm the fucking Kevin Nash, game. Scott Hall, Shawn Michaels. Meanwhile, Xbox over there, like, what about me? <laughs> I was Fuck in the clicker too, talking. guys. I'm talking. Shut up while I'm talking. <laughs> it was so good. Um, I don't have a rundown on heat. Uh, I, I got just a pay per view, so so you're gonna have to lead us in here. Yeah, so I can I can probably review heat and maybe um, I watched it. So so once you start saying stuff, I'll remember. I, and I, I just have the matches in front of me. Well, first uh, Kevin Michael Cole calling heat, which is I lo- I, I love me some Kevin Kelly. Um, me personally, I mean, I love Kevin it Kelly. doesn't get more late nineties than Kevin Kelly and Michael Cole calling the pre-show. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, so opening match, we have Val Venus against mm-hmm. Joey Abs, jumping Joey Abs mm-hmm. with the posse. Yeah. With the posse, uh, Tess shows up, Andrew, excuse me, Andrew, Andrew. shows up and, uh, the win for Val Venus with some sort of, uh, power bomb. Um, mean street posse tries to help out with some chairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, who, that big goof, who's that? Pete Gas, uh, almost threw his chair and hit Joey Abs in the face. Uh, so, so we gotta work on uh, the chair gimmick here. Uh, it's so that, like, uh, <laughs> and that's that scene from Beyond the Mat when they're watching the dark match and the tryout match, and the fucking guy does some move, and all of a sudden everybody winces, and Vince's like, Oh, I think we better work on that, pal. <laughs> it's like Pete yeah. Gas hurling a chair across the fucking arena. It's like, Hey, pal, 
you're not Rob Van Dam. <laughs> That's not a hammer, Thor. Relax, okay? Relax. <laughs> Relax, buddy. So after uh, that 45-second match, we get into a, uh, a recap uh-huh. of DX on DX crime. Now, <laughs> ju- now just to kind of set the stage here, the good guys just want to be DX for the sake of pointing at their crotch and telling people to suck it. The bad guys want it for the dollar bills. Now, what is never said, because I, I don't even, I don't know, they, I don't think they were doing it at, the, at this point. Uh, maybe they were, maybe they were not, but yeah, they definitely were, because DX is breaking up here. Um, but nevertheless, I don't, I don't think they, they were coming out and letting it be laid out in storyline fashion. But I find it really funny that the potheads don't want to have anything to do with the money. They just want to be cool and chill out and fucking we just want to be about the attitude, man. And the other two who aren't potheads are like, no, no, this is this is a seven figure thing that we're fighting over here. I don't care if you want to you know, say suck it and get girls to show your tits. We need money. <laughs> just an observation. So. The interview was JR with the good guys, King with the bad guys. Uh, I don't know how they picked the, those uh, combinations, but um, Road Dog uh, yeah. bringing up about uh, buckets and ducats and crumpets and the Road Dog was off his game tonight. Yeah, all, all over the place. Like 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 it's... when when we get to the match, we'll talk on very little about it. But but it was he was off his game tonight. China China lets us know that um. They can have the loyalty. We'll take the cash. And then Billy Gunn says a sentence, laughs, says another sentence, <laughs> points at his crotch, laughs, and then that's it. Hey, hey, King. <laughs> like my dick? <laughs> <laughs> it would sound like a lot, lot, lot like, you know, uh, X-Pac, uh, <laughs> I'm going to get you in the ring <laughs> and fight you. <laughs> Suck my dick. <laughs> just, yeah, sometimes, sometimes they just try shit out. It doesn't work. <laughs> it sounded good in the mirror. <laughs> the, so the, the next part, and we talked about this, and we, we could probably talk about this more than maybe the rest of Sunday Night Heat. They had the uh, the man on the street talking oh, about. I remember you want to these. Talk about, you want to talk about chills oh, of so just cringy. summer's eve going through my body. Dish chill. Oh my god! But Mike, man, who, I re- I remember this shit though. I fucking remember this shit. Like, I, I forgot it, and then once it popped up, I'm like, oh yeah, they used to do this a lot, a lot. Uh, and wow, wow. So so let's compare and contrast, Mike. So yeah. let's say I'm randomly coming up to you and I say, hey, you there, uh, young man, uh, you want to be on the WWF uh, TV channel right now? Who do you think is going to win tonight's main event between The Undertaker and Stone Cold Steve Austin? I don't give a shit. Okay, now do it as the worst these audience in- participator ever. <laughs> now, now do it as one of these inbred motherfuckers. Hey, uh, young, wh- young whippersnapper, who do you think is going to win the world title match between The Undertaker and Steve Austin? Well, it's definitely going to be The Undertaker, you see, because, because The Undertaker's dead, and dead people don't bleed. And it's a first blood match, so if, if he bleeds, he's definitely not dead. And they've been telling me for 30 years that he's fucking dead. So he's dead. Undertaker. Rest in peace. Yeah. 
I got that was I don't know. I was trying not to do Taz in that one. <laughs> you know, you know, it's the bottom line that Stone Cold's gonna win because he's gonna do the stunner and he's gonna McMahon's a bitch and yeah, that's the bottom line with my fucking stupid hat. Here's the thing. We're allowed to make fun of this because we took part in all of it. Oh, we did this 100%. It was... I, um, I suspended because during the class elections, I ran and I did a DX-style speech and I got suspended. Uh, I was part of one of these things uh, right before Over the Edge. Uh, it was... The, un unfortunately, it was the pay-per-view Owen Hart died. Uh, but they were they were doing a viewing party from a funeral home because Undertaker and the WWE was there and and you know it was same gimmick who's gonna win blah 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 and everybody's doing their best things and I think I I don't know I think I was wearing a rock shirt and I think I said said one of his catchphrases and I mean I'm not glad for the reason. But I'm kind of glad that that footage is no longer around. <laughs> well, I just happened to find it on YouTube tonight, Michael. Fuck no. you. If you do, God bless. <laughs> <laughs> you find out, I'll give you your $5. Did you do the eyebrow at the end? Hmm? Oh, did of, you course do the eyebrow? of course I did. I was a dick. <laughs> I was such a prick. <laughs> uh, okay, so that happened to happen twice we just lumped it into one thing because i don't want to talk about it a second time because i kind of want to purge it from my memory yeah but moving speak along speaking of purging yeah. we see meat in the back well we don't at the moment what we see is terry runnels getting dressed and i'm like yes like all right what do we? and she's like talking to herself in the mirror but clearly talking to someone about like not performing well and blah 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 and i'm like because i remember last week you said something about the terry invitational tournament and and i was like wait we we haven't got there yet we haven't seen the setup we, have, we haven't seen any of that shit yet um and then they the camera pulls back and she's talking to meat and i'm like oh oh that was this and when and literally just jr goes apparently meat is her sex slave i'm just like wow that's right we did this. Okay, 1999, all in. Uh, so, yeah, so Meat is exhausted. Um, Terry apparently just fucked his brains out, and as you do. And him coming to the ring just looking all kinds of haggard shit. Uh, Jacqueline's there for moral support, I guess. I guess she was. They're pretty mean sisters. Of course you they may are. Even, you may even want to call them. PMS. PMS. Now, has Ryan Shamrock joined or 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 and left, or has she not shown up yet? Where, where, where's where's the PMS timeline? I I need the PMS extended universe here. So, in in this cycle of PMS, yeah, uh, <laughs> <Fuck. laughs> we're we're post Ryan Shamrock. Uh, she right. was there for a hot minute, mm -hmm. uh, but no, the the PMS duo of. Uh, Jacqueline and Terry Reynolds are just running roughshaw uh, over the WWF. Over Meat's dick. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're beating Meat everywhere. He's sweating as shit. He's a and, mess. Uh, he's a, I don't know if they just dumped 
all kinds of wonder on them, or if they're just like, hey, buddy, go up and down every stair in this arena. <laughs> a little he bit was, of both. He was a sweaty motherfucker. Uh, now he's going to fight the Godfather. Yeah, so we come to the ring. The whole way down, Jackie and Terry are just berating meat. Uh, King King is you know doing King stuff. Uh, Jr. As I said, had the the classic line of apparently he's your sex slave. That's a line that was said on a show, <laughs> on television, no less. <laughs> he's he's their sex slave. Is he? Is that what he is? Cool. All right, wrestling. <laughs> now, do, do you think? Do you think Jr. thought when we did our first series when he was doing the Black Scorpion that? Nine years later, he'd be talking about someone being a sex slave. The fuck happened to my career? Hope this barbecue sauce takes off like a motherfucker. <laughs> I was talking about the black scorpion, and now I'm talking about sex meat. I call Flair and Rhodes at the spectrum, and now I'm talking about this jabroni and his sex slave. <laughs> uh, and yeah, the Godfather comes out with uh, the best day shift Sunday crowd money can buy and uh, they have a match kind of two minutes long well before the match starts they let us know that uh, after Sunday Night Heat G versus E will be uh, will be on the USA Network so if you want to skip the pay-per-view you can watch (laughs) G versus E um, right after Sunday thank god what the fuck is G versus E I must have turned away from the TV at that point so one of their shows is like La Femme Nikita, Silk Stockings, Pacific Blue, uh, all this other fucking nonsense. What was the other uh, one? Um, Psych, all these other fucking nonsense I shows. Remember when the La Femme Nikita banner would take up three quarters of the TV screen? <laughs> Don't I miss used- La Femme Nikita. I'm never watching that show. <laughs> I, I used to love when the, like, the main event would start at like 10.55 and JR would be like, we're here till the end. And then at the bottom, we got La Femme Nikita will start in four minutes. Oh, my God. Jesus, we could be here all night in this flag match. Counting down. <laughs> we're done taking commercial breaks. We're here for the duration. I don't care how long it takes. Lafem Nikita starts in three minutes. No! <laughs> we need these people to hang on. And they did. And then they turned it the fuck off right away. Who turns on and be like, oh, what the fuck? Lafem Nikita's <laughs> God damn it. Yo, you know, you know who would p- get pissed off at that stuff back then? Uh, people that would would uh, tape it. People that would tape TV shows. So because there was no such thing as a DVR, so you would have to set set a timer to a time. So if you you know if the Fem Nikita started at what? When did Raw end? Like eleven o'clock, ten o'clock, something like that. Ten o'clock, I think. It was eight 11. to ten, something like that, or eleven o'clock, whatever. So you would set your your thing, and if you were if you set it just for an hour, then you'd miss the last 15 minutes of La Femme Nikita <laughs> because Raw decides to go an extra 15 and fuck it. That gets ratings. La Femme Nikita doesn't. <laughs> no, you, listen, you do not talk ill of La Femme Nikita. The best ratings it got was in the first 15 minutes when it was still Raw. <laughs> Did you ever watch any of those fucking awful shows? No, I watched the movie. The movie was fucking great. Well, Nikita? Mm-hmm. Hold on, that wasn't a TV show? 
I mean, it was. It was a TV show that was based on a movie. It was an old French movie. Uh, but then they re. It was a. It was a French action movie that got rebooted with Bridget Fonda, and it was called Point of No Return, maybe. In like ninety something, and then they made the TV show La Femme Nikita. Uh, after that, let me see. Uh, Point of No. Yep. Point of No Return, nineteen eighty three. With Bridget Fonda. It wasn't a bad movie. But La Femme Nikita, the movie, is actually really fucking good. What about the TV show? I never watched it. We, uh, You know what? If any of our listeners have watched an episode of La Femme Nikita, we need to know about it because I don't know what the fuck this is. Uh, let me... Curiosity. Everything's streaming these days. <laughs> La, La Femme Nikita. Let's see. where we Where can we find it? Hedda Wilson. Remember when she was a thing for a minute? Literally when the show was on? Yeah, that was it. <laughs> that was well, I think she's um I think she's selling furniture Jordans now. All right. So you can you can it looks like you can buy episodes for a dollar ninety nine on YouTube. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Buy episodes for a dollar ninety nine on YouTube. It doesn't look like it's streaming for free anywhere. I mean, you know, legally. Streaming. <clears throat> Watch La Femme Nikita. Yeah, you, you can buy episodes. That's about it. You can buy them on Amazon or YouTube or stuff like that. You can't watch it for free. Uh, so that would uh, tell me that I'm never going to watch it. <laughs> I'm not going to watch, and, and, and sorry, USA, I'm not going to watch G vs. E or whatever the fuck you're, you're well, shilling during the meat Godfather match here. For you know, for shits and giggles during this pandemic, I might have watched some episodes just so I could comment on them here, but I'm not paying to do that. Like, no. <laughs> Sorry, Petta Wilson's probably doing better with her real estate career than I am, so fuck that. I wonder if there's a La Femme Nikita podcast. God, imagine. We corner the market. <laughs> <laughs> Screw this wrestling shit. Everyone on wrestling pockets. <laughs> How many fucking... Oh my god, we're just doing La Femme Nikita now. Let me see. <laughs> uh, how many fucking seasons do we have? Five seasons of this fucking show. <laughs> holy, holy shit. Well, that's going to be like 75 episodes. Uh, probably. Uh, let me see. Jesus Christ. Five fucking episodes. That's, that's fucking crazy. La Femme Nikita, how many original episodes ran? Five seasons, 96 episodes. 96 episodes. Mm -hmm. That fucking happened. (laughs) (laughs) And see, this is why why I I feel like we're we're one of the best ones out, uh, podcasts out there, because we just talk about anything and everything except what we're supposed to be talking about. Just for reference, so, so so you can put a a nice little we'll put a bow on this one. Um, but a show that's actually worth binge watching that you can because it's on Hulu. I just finished a re binge of Sons of Anarchy. So I said, Nafla Makita had what ninety six episodes. Yeah, Sons of Anarchy, which is a great fucking show, ninety two. They made more episodes of La Femme Nikita than Sons of Anarchy. 
Yeah, but let me ask you this. Seems criminal. Did, let me ask you this. Did Clay die in La Femme Nikita? Fucking better well have. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he did. <laughs> oh. I wonder how <laughs> Opie's working. I wonder how Opie's working out on La Femme Nikita. Uh, he's laying pipe. <laughs> Speaking of laying pipe, let's get back to meat. Yeah, meat and Terry Reynolds and getting that dick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who cares about the match at this point? It's too fucking bad. Yeah, Godfather wins. Godfather wins. Seriously, they didn't care enough to make this match longer than two minutes and six seconds. I don't think we've done it. We've done it justice because what happens after the match is more interesting than the fucking match. Okay, guess what happens? Godfather gets in the ring. Yeah, everybody on the hoe train. Ba 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 ba. Then he you know hits the hoe train in the corner and pins meat. And then the actual the other part of the match that we're interested in starts. Uh. Terry Reynolds gets all kinds of pissed off. Conveniently, there's a comically placed pitcher of ice water next to the ring that she just pulls Meat's pants open and dumps it down. And I'm like, man, I know it was the ads there, but you came dangerously close to showing a cock on live TV right there because she really stretched that shit out. <laughs> and and his, his tights basically look like tidy whities yeah, uh, yeah, basically. I think that was kind of the gimmick, though, because they yeah. had the, the the little piping and and whatnot, little piping and thick. Give me some of that. Give me some of that DX money. I'm making dick jokes over here. <laughs> speaking of piping, yeah. Oh yeah, and the Godfather's hose put made a dog pile on him because <laughs> whatever. <laughs> we get the uh, Triple H Rock video package, uh, hyping their match later tonight. More strobe it's a, it's lights. That rewatching this that they've flipped in basically a year a year ago the rock was this top heel triple h was this baby face hero and now a year later it's a complete opposite area i, I just found that interesting that in a year's time they they flip spots I just found it because i didn't want to be nice anymore because they wouldn't let me say goodbye to my friends I tried to say goodbye to my friends, JR, and every day it burns a hole in my fucking stomach, JR. <laughs> look at my look at my Harley Davidson hat backwards with my blonde hair, JR. I mean, is this where the promo comes? Because I really want to talk about it. Yeah, we're here. Yeah, we're here. Okay, okay, we're here. Um, look. All things considered, all jokes aside, it's actually a really good fucking promo. <laughs> you know what I mean? Especially I love- for for the time. Uh, and one of the most, one of the funnier parts was uh, was how awkward Jr. was trying to be. Every time Triple H would curse, and Jr. just gets that oh, oh it, it's oh, oh, and he actually went in. He pulled the fucking Captain America thing of watch your language, pal, <laughs> and. <laughs> And in such like, in such fucking like, oh, we're gonna use insider term things. Triple H is like, you want me to fucking shoot Jr. You want this to be a shoot? It's like, oh yeah, we were doing that back then, weren't we? We were using the insider terms. Shoot, it's a shoot promo, kids. That means it's real. That means what he's saying is real. Yeah, Jr. I'm gonna break kayfabe, Jr. Cause you didn't let me say goodbye to my friends, and every day it burns a hole in my fucking stomach, Jr. It was a pretty good promo, but he looked it's, ridiculous it's, in those shorts and hat. 
I, I'm telling you, I, I want to rock the, the, the leather beanie or whatever the, what was it called? Scully hat? What the fuck is it called? I've heard it called many different things. I mean, you know, we're in Boston, so it's patty caps. That's one of the terms. Scally caps is another one. Uh, fucking, I think, uh, I don't know. That one, I don't know. I don't know what the leather with the Harley Davidson logo is actually called, but I'm sure you can find one for 20 bucks on eBay. I already I already have the jean shorts. I just got to grow my hair out. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I may have to buy a chia pet or two and fucking. You you might have to get one of those uh, one of those uh, things that Hogan has where he stitches the hair on the back of his bandanas, where he oh, doesn't feel like putting. Uh-huh. A toupee. Uh huh. Yeah, but like it's part of the hat. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it's a hat pay. Like, hat oh, pay. he he's really tuning up the Hulkster. There. My God, he just knocked his hair off. <laughs> The the one thing with the with the Triple H promo that that I do like is the camera angles. You don't ever see him actually say the words, the swear yeah. words. I, I just I like the, how the whole dynamic. Like you see him swear and you see Jr's reaction to it. Like you mentioned. Yeah. I, again, I mean, you know Triple H is going to be the guy coming up after. Like it was, it was great rewatching this and seeing the the birth of the game, the birth of what Triple H. Ended yeah. up becoming for the next handful of years. Absolutely. You, you know what else was fun? Christian versus Viscera. <laughs> <laughs> who, 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 you, who you got on this one? Uh, Christian's music was awful, and because it, it's like they took all the cool parts of the brood and make it made it shitty. It's kind of how it feels. <laughs> it's like it's like you know how everyone loves the brood's music. So let's not do that. <laughs> let's let's take it like like it's 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 weird cousin that sits at the end of the table at Christmas and nobody really talks to him and they just kind of shove the food down. They don't pass it. It's like yeah, <laughs> you know, Billy. <laughs> it's, the, it's the cousin no one talks to that sniffs his own farts and you know all, all that. That's, that's Self high five. <laughs> yeah. That's his theme music. His, the equivalency of his theme music is the cousin that comes over for Thanksgiving and smells his own farts. <laughs> That's the theme music for Christian. Yeah, basically, it was bad. Um, I mean, this is a thing. Uh, I guess they're, they're, they're... I think we're boiling down to the end of the brood here is what I'm gathering, but Gangrel is still kind of helping. I, I don't understand what's going on in this storyline. Again, we're, 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 we're picking this up clearly at the, either the end or at least the very back middle of this story. So basically what, what I've seen happen is Gangrel is still trying to keep contact with Christian to divide a wedge between the brothers because his real beef his real issue, the crux of this. He being uh, Christian or, or Gangrel? Gangrel hates okay. Ed more than anything, more than garlic. Yeah, but like, I don't know, three months ago, they hung the boss man together. Yeah, but you can only commit so many homicides <laughs> before you divide a wedge. <laughs> Friends can only murder so many people before it gets weird. <laughs> no. People helping people, people killing people. There's only so much you can do before you know what? I gotta change my lifestyle and spit <laughs> clamato juice everywhere. Um, yeah, I mean, Christian wins. Two two minute match with Viscera, uh, but Christian wins. 
<clears throat> Viscera's jacket. Okay, yeah. So that, that's really the only thing I took away from this match was Viscera wrestled the whole match in like the largest leather coat ever. Yeah. <laughs> it, looked like, it looked like a fucking trash bag. It was giant. It looked like a big old raincoat. Yeah. It's massive. I mean, granted, it's, 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 yeah, yeah. Way to go, Mike. You're, t- <laughs> you're saying that the big guy wears a big jacket. You fucking idiot. <laughs> Way to go. Self high five. <laughs> oh, man. I wonder if La Femme Nikita had any fat people wearing jackets. <laughs> That's the criteria for quality. Yeah. <laughs> fat, fat guy in a coat. <laughs> This week on the Femme Nikita, we got a fat fucking leather jacket. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, shit. All right. Pay-per-view time. Fully loaded. 1999. It is July 25th, 1999. Oh, a few days after my birthday. From the Marine Midland Arena in Buffalo, New York. A uh, crowd of 16,605. Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler are on the mics tonight, and the the opening package is just so stroby. Like I think I looked away for most of it. I'll be missing you. I don't even know what the song is. <gasps> oh God! That okay. <laughs> I forgot they also also used to use a lot of Nazi imagery in their video packages. <laughs> That was like the first thing was stock footage of Nazis in the McMahon Austin one. It was I'm like it's black and white duck walking. I'm like what is? Oh yeah, we did that because fucking nineties were awesome. <laughs> that on multiple pay per views too. It wasn't exclusive to this one. The St. Valentine's Day Massacre. They did it. Uh, I want to say one of the Armageddons, they did it. So they've done this multiple times. I mean, they, without ever saying it, they literally were setting up that Vince McMahon is Hitler. Um, You know, knowing who he hangs around with nowadays, I mean. I guess, but Jesus, current man. Events, current events. We, we don't need to put the mirror so close to our face. <laughs> <laughs> We're, we're 30 seconds away from turning this into a scat video. Seriously. But, uh, uh so good. The thing with this video, and you're going to talk about the strobiness. Yeah. Again, they're doing the, we're going to repeat one thing over and over and over again. End of an era. Austin, end of a, end of a, end of an era, end of a era. Okay, I get it. It's the end of an era. Like, I, I'm getting ear seizures listening <laughs> to the repetitiveness of, of this. You can talk about the strobiness. Well, yeah, I mean, it just made me look away from it. And I think the only reason I caught the Nazis was because they were the first fucking clip, and all of a sudden it started strobing, and I just had to turn away. Um, but yeah, we also forgot to mention in Heat that The Undertaker, after showing up in his uh, pajamas, attacked Austin and, and busted him open. So because their match, because obviously for those of you that didn't catch it because of the end of the era stuff, I know I missed a lot of it, uh, is a first blood match. So they, they've been going back and forth undertaker and Austin for weeks now, just 
cracking each other open like fucking melons. And the undertaker found Austin. I think he was doing an interview with the rooster or something and just popped him on the head bleeding. Austin bleeds a lot tonight. And this is just the first part of it. So that interview, Mike was actually with Jr. And Jr. did like the worst. Steve, watch out! Oh, yeah. So he gets when they're interviewing. The Undertaker comes behind him and clubs Austin. As soon as like the impact point is made, and Ron Jr. is like, "Oh, Steve, watch out!" Too late, pal. What? What are you doing? Too fucking late. Down. What are you doing? Yeah, too fucking late, Jr. <laughs> you you missed that one. Um, now, one of the stipulations in the match, I kind of got, and I think part of it was through JR's, uh, introduction to that interview, which was, uh, this, you know, if Austin loses, he can never be champion again. Am I right about that? Cause the way he said it was, this might be the last time I interview you as champion. And of course, Steve being Steve, well, that shit ain't going to happen. It's like, oh my God. He's <laughs> so so loud. <laughs> so so the stakes were that if Austin wins, you will never see Vince on TV again. And I was that, way, I was curious about Vince's stakes. And the other stakes were if Undertaker wins, Austin can never challenge for the WWF title again. All right. Yeah, that that one that one was pretty clear. Um Austin's uh, McMahon stakes. I, I wasn't hundred percent because they kept saying he was going to go away and go away. And I was thinking, I'm like, cause I remember the one, and I think we referenced it last week where, where Austin took over the company and had like, you know, he, he would show up in the conference room with the beers and stuff, but that had happened like way before. Yeah. Like a month before. Oh, okay. Which is attitude error timeline is like a lifetime. Right. So I was like, that already happened. So what does this mean, go away? And I never really got a clear answer, which I'm sure it's just because everything was happening so goddamn fast. Um, <clears throat> and speaking of just moving fast, here comes Jeff Jarrett with Deborah. Oh, we get a package first. Uh, before, before we get to Deborah's package, let me talk about this package. Um, <laughs> we, we get a we get a quick video package highlighting Edge winning the Intercontinental Championship from Jeff Jarrett in a house show in Toronto, and it looks like the first cell phone camera ever was used to film this footage. Yeah, I think it was like a Nokia thirty three hundred. It was uh, so muddy. <laughs> yeah, so I think the person was halfway through a game of Snake, and they're like, "Oh shit, <laughs> Deborah's got a titties out. I gotta take a picture here." Um, so oh, edge nice. edge was a fill in for Ken Shamrock, who was uh, busy training for his iron circle match. Couldn't make his IC title match, uh, against Jeff Jared. So as a, what bonus, was the real reason? I, I, I have no idea. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. My assumption is he was probably stopped at the border. Who could pick a million different reasons when it comes to Ken Shamrock? Look, it was the late 90s, and one of the common themes of late 90s wrestlers was getting stopped at that Canadian border and having all kinds of problems. <laughs> Tomfoolery and shenanigans abound. It's as if they don't know how to buy weed in Canada. <laughs> or, you, or you just go through Vermont and you talk to uh, Favre, and he'll get you right through. <laughs> I'm going to make you smoke the whole bag. Oh, God. 
Littering and littering and littering and. <laughs> oh shit! Um, but yeah, so Edge won. Uh, of course, it was you know, like you said, he was a replacement. Edge, Toronto, hometown. Give him the title for a day. Makes for a fun reason to have this match, which it did. Uh, it also lended itself to the old anything can happen in a WWF, pal. Uh, you know, go to the house shows, buy those tickets. Titles might change. <clears throat> anyway. Uh, first match of the night is for the Intercontinental Championship. The champion, Edge, who, my God, they spent forever looking for to the point, like, because it was back when Edge was, was coming through the crowd and the camera would just whip all over the place in the intro to his theme song. But this one seemed to take forever. And Jim Ross finally goes, all right, where is he? <laughs> like, like he was he was trying to you could clearly hear in his voice. He was trying to stall and just talk about anything that will build this matchup. But then he just ran out of shit to say, and they were still panning the crowd. And he's like, all right, where is he? <laughs> like, has somebody sent him yet? Has Edge missed his cue? Uh, but they, they found him. Thank God. And <laughs> Jeff Jarrett comes to the ring. And my God, I forgot what Deborah used to wear to pay-per-views. It's like, like she, she went shopping with a bunch of Vegas showgirls. It's, it's, that's the only way to describe it. Like it's that it's the same type of like uh glittery, dangly, sparkly underwear that Vegas showgirls wear in their shows. Like, uh, like we, I don't know if we walked through the Flamingo last time we were there, but I definitely have. And, and they get the, the Flamingo girls basically wearing the same shit Deborah has, which is basically like, a. Uh, brightly colored thong and bra that have like jewels glued all over them and like, you know, dangly beaded pearl tassel. I don't know, it's fucking either way. She is heaving. Holy shit. <laughs> heaving. Greased up and heaving. Greased up tan and heaving. Holy shit. Like you forget things like it's it's been years since since we watched this stuff uh originally and it's like my god i forgot she did that and, and now that i saw it i'm like oh yeah she did that every pay-per-view because you remember deborah from the weekly tv where it was always the the very short skirt and the the very tight blazer look uh with the one button so she could easily just pop it open but then it's like oh yeah at the pay-per-views she just wore next to nothing but you know an open blazer because we're keeping it classy <laughs> it's, it's like business casual <laughs> business casual so th this is where i call bullshit. i have six different heffenweisers call it tasting and it's classy fuck off <laughs> <laughs> this is where this is where i'm I not drinking <laughs> this is where i call bullshit on the end of the match so all right um good so but before I get to it, I want to talk about a dialogue that JR the King had during this match. Oh, yeah, so, I mean, we have to. <laughs> so the King goes, I'm an animal lover. I love puppies. Yeah. I love chicks. And then JR jumps in and goes, Yeah, young chicks. I missed <laughs> that one. <laughs> yes. And King no sells it and finishes his joke by saying, yeah, and I love beavers, too. God. So, because when I was texting you, when I was watching, you said, listen for the commentary. 
And I did. I, I missed that one. But they like if you were a blind person just listening to your TV, you wouldn't know a match happened. Like the easiest way to describe what happened is is, is basically uh, Edge and J- Jeff Jarrett come to the ring. Then they talk about Deborah's tits for about 15 minutes or so. How long is this match? Uh, yeah, thir- about those 13 minute match. So they talk about Deborah's tits for about 15 minutes. And then Steve Austin stuns Jeff Jarrett. And if I was blind, I'd be thoroughly confused with this shit. <laughs> it's like, what did the match start? I just heard puppies and, 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 and the King came twice during this match. And like, he li- literally did. There was one point where he made some noise and, and I, I almost texted you, but I just it moved on so quickly. I was like, "Oh, did he fucking came right there?" <laughs> like it was, it was not a normal king noise. It was definitely that was guttural. <laughs> it came from his fucking soul. <laughs> he was eating Taco Bell too when it happened, which is it's just even like, weird. Oh, what was that, dude? <laughs> so that, that's also a sunny noise too, but. Um, <laughs> She so it's pleasure. <laughs> uh, 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 is that sexy? Oh, fuck, not even a little. I want my money back. <laughs> so, so the nitpick on this match. So Deborah's in this heaving, heaving, heaving. Right. So she gets on the apron to distract Edge. Buddy, what are you distracting? I'm seeing everything. I'm seeing. Well, that that was the funny thing about her pay per view getups is it, at the very least on the TV show she kept the one button closed so when she got on the apron it was pop the button and she's there in her bra even though the TV outfits didn't leave much to the imagination either but yeah this left nothing like what are you distracted by as you said it's like she's looked this exact way since the moment she came out th- that curtain uh, but you know you got to keep the gimmick up and you know. Jeff Jarrett's got got to play the hits, man. So if he doesn't have a guitar, he's got to have a chick on the apron. It's it's what it is. So so he wins the match after Gangrel comes in. Yeah, Gangrel has stuff to do with this too. And Christian came down, I think. Okay. Oh, so okay. They the the lights went out. It's and and they started. Yes, started the red strobe light like it was going to be a bloodbath, but you could clearly see Gangrel and his, and his puffy Seinfeld shirt beating the shit out of Edge, and and I love the fact that it's like it's so clear that it's Gangrel. Who else looks and dresses like that? But still, the commentary being commentary, keep up the gimmick, pal. Uh, Jr's like, wow, oh, some someone's beating up Edge. Who is that? And it's like, well, I don't know, maybe the other vampire in this company that wears those frilly white shirts that you can clearly see. Anyway, I digress. Uh, no bloodbath because Christian makes a save. Uh, but there was, bl- like, I guess he tried and, like, because there was, like, a pool of blood, like, 50 feet away from where they were fighting. So, I don't know. Did a fan just vomit or something? What, what, what's happening here? I, th- I think it was because Deborah didn't have pants on. Um, <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> no, that was the, that was the, uh, the viscous fluid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so he, I, I guess he must have tried. He, he tried to bloodbath him, but he, he clearly couldn't see in the dark and missed. And Christian came down for, I don't know, a save, maybe. Um, and then there was, you know, more, you know, Deborah on the apron, shenanigans. Jeff Jarrett gets the win. First title uh, changes hands. Uh, Jeff is the Intercontinental Champion again. And 
like a wild chicken with his head cut off. Glass breaks and hauling ass down the ramp. Fuck this son of a bitch made me cost me money when he talked about the goddamn Jesus thing. I don't forget shit from 97, you son of a bitch. Like, he hates Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> Steve Austin fucking hated Jarrett back then because that opening promo when he first got to the company where he just buried the Austin 316 shit. So every time I see these two in the ring, I always think of that. It's like, yeah. Jeff, you're never going to work with Steve, but he will occasionally run to the ring and just smack you in the mouth and c- treat you like his bitch. <laughs> and steal your girlfriend. That's right. Uh, he married Deborah for a hot minute, too. <laughs> who, who do you think came out ahead? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who, who won this battle? He's going to be Geo Double N. <laughs> Dude, you got legitimately fired on national TV. <laughs> like, not like fake <laughs> fired. <laughs> God. Um, but all's well because, you know, wrestling forgets. Um, we, yes, don't. We, 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 we don't. We don't. Surprisingly. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. Um, you know, say, say what you will about Vince McMahon, but Christ, he hires everybody that fucked him over back. <laughs> Seems like a nice guy. <laughs> I, I'm waiting for Ryback to come back. That, that's going to be the... For a tyrant billionaire, he hires everyone back that talks massive shit about him. Like, every single person. Like, Jeff competed against him. But again, I guess if you win, gives a fuck. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, he hired Eric Bischoff. It's like, yeah, Eric was the loser in that situation. Jeff started TNA. Yeah, but where did that go? <laughs> Jeff was hawking gold on fucking infomercials. <laughs> uh, and playing empty baseball arenas. Anyway, he seems to be doing better now. He's a producer at WWE. Uh, yeah, so Steve Austin stuns Jarrett and I don't know. I'm going to get you, Vince, or some shit on Undertaker. I'm going to fuck you up and on with the show. <laughs> yeah, God damn it, you big bastard. I'm going to cut you open. That That was it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, goddamn. Goddamn, you big prick. I was trying to try to remember what's like, holy shit. He just, he's so like, again, it, it's putting yourself back in that time because watching it now and being so used to, you know, the last, what, fucking 20 years of, of wrestling. Uh, it's like, oh, yeah, they used to talk a lot more real. I guess is the I, last week I called it more violent talking, uh, but but it was just it was real real people talking. It's like yeah, you, you wouldn't say some some corny scripted shit if someone just attacked you in the back and made you bleed your own blood. <laughs> you would you would call that son of a bitch a bastard and say you're gonna stab his throat or some shit. I'm gonna I'm gonna get your fucking blood. Anywho. Uh, we're in the back with uh, the Freebirds. No, uh, the, the Hardy Boys and Michael Hayes. Michael, uh, no hot dog. My God, they they are wearing tight shirts and they are super nineties emo. Like Matt just sitting there with his hair over his face, like ah oh, yeah man, I look so fucking cool. And again, we can make fun of it because we all fucking did it. We all thought that was a cool look. <laughs> That, that he was he was listening to some uh, Eve Six to get himself uh, hyped up for the match, and 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 uh, our boy the Freebird does the whole promo, um, 
And I just didn't get it. But again, this is this is definitely the blow off to that whole feud, I think, or at least we're getting there. Um, because. First of all, I mean, it's, the, the promo is the promo. It is what it is. It's, it's very standard cookie cutter wrestling promo. Um, but. I didn't. First of all, uh, Michael Hayes calling the Hardys curtain jerkers. Hilarious. That one stood out. <laughs> um, but okay, you did the research. You found some weird shit on the internet. What's first of all? What is acolyte rules? I don't know because it's not explained. I I, I think it is just a three on two handicap match with no disqualification. That's the only thing. So I took it upon myself. <clears throat> to Google Acolyte Rules. Yeah. Brings me to Wikipedia. Wikipedia is still looking for donations if you guys want to throw them some money. Um, so I came across Wrestling Street Fights, which I clicked on. No Acolyte Rules when I looked alphabetically, but I did find a match called the Anus Explosion Death Match. Well, no, now, it's not what you think. Said. Okay. It's not what you think. It's not. No. What it is is uh, an anus, an anus exploding death match is a match where the only way to win is to stick a firecracker up an opponent's buttocks and light it. Once the firecracker goes off while lodged inside the capacitated, incapacitated wrestler's buttocks, the match ends. So it's not what you think. When you think of an anus explosion death match, I mean, th this is not what it is. I mean, it my brain only... went a couple different places. Uh, it definitely wasn't a, a fun fireworks show. No, it was kind of shitty. <laughs> yeah. So this match happened once. Uh, Hi, I'm Hayabusa, and welcome to Jackass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was done in October of 98. And I think... Of course it was. <laughs> I, I have a funny feeling I'm not going to be able to sleep. Not because of this. But I think I am going to, when I'm up at three in the morning, instead of watching a chiropractor video, I'm going to, I'm going to throw uh, an anus explosion death match on and uh, hopefully I don't get arrested. Mr. Ganasuke versus Hayabusa in the anus explosion death match from Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling. <sighs> yeah, you watch that so I don't have to. Back to the show. I think the thing that threw me was the fact that Michael Hayes was actually in this match. Was it was yeah. like a competitor in this match. Um because I mean he was talking during the promo, but he was but it's Michael Hayes, so you expect him to talk a massive amount of shit. And then they all then the acolytes are at the ring. The Hardys and Michael Hayes come hauling ass down to the ring, and Michael Hayes just starts fighting with Bradshaw. And I'm like, all right, well, he's a physical manager. He was an ex-wrestler. That's how that's gonna work. But then he just kept going, and I'm like, wait a minute. He's in this like as a wrestler and the Hardys are champions in this match um <sighs> I, I remember one of the commentary bits was uh you could also uh the microphones on the cameras are extremely close on this show you could hear every word that everybody on this show was saying and Brad and Farouk was talking some shit to one of the Hardys when he was beating him up. And JR just goes, 
Ah, Farouk there sounds like James Earl Jones. <laughs> kind of. A little bit. A little bit. Uh, I mean, I'm going to beat your ass. Like that's, I would have gone Fred Williamson, but that's just me. I have probably a vast knowledge of the black exploitation films that JR doesn't have. <laughs> he thought Darth Vader. I'm thinking, ah, maybe go Shaft or, or, or Fred Williamson. I don't know. Hammer, you know, but all right. Anyway, uh, it's a, this is just the acolytes whipping ass. I mean, yeah. this is, this is pre APA acolytes. They were still in the, the ministry or and I think it's the corporate ministry now or whatever, but this was like, this was kind of the, the, the seeds are being placed that these two are just going to be brawling ass kickers. And that's what they became. Um, they would ditch the chest paint for jeans and beer. Wait, that wasn't a tattoo. Oh, God forbid. <laughs> no. Oh, man. no. Um, Michael Hayes gets pinned at the 10 minute mark. And that would, and I mean, I know, I know where they're going with this because I do remember a little bit about uh, the Hardys breaking up with Michael Hayes, and they—that's when they joined Gangrel, right, for the New Brood. Correct. Yes. Okay. So that's what they're kind of building up here because Michael Hayes takes the pin. Uh, he also sells Bradshaw's clothesline, probably the worst I've ever seen. It just kind of looked like he got hit in the shoulder and just kind of oh, flumped over. Uh, but nevertheless. Yeah, Michael Hayes eats the pin at the almost 11-minute mark. And new tag team champions, the Acolytes. All right, so two titles up for grabs. Two titles have changed hands. So one, one, one thing with, with Michael Hayes, he came out with a cane. I'm a big fan of the accessory cane to an outfit. He, I, I always think a good outfit a lot. deserves a cane. But these weren't good outfits. <laughs> they, they, they were, I don't know, they were uh, parachute material cargo pants with tight velvet shirts. That's not a look. <laughs> you need wet hair. Like they, their hair is just sopping with like water or oil or. Tears of Michael Hayes talking about <laughs> I used to be somebody in Texas. I used to go to LA and get hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> and we dance. <laughs> you ever heard of Bad Street, Jeff? <laughs> you ever heard of Bad Street? Give me your hair. Give me your hair. <laughs> Was this after X Pac cut his hair off? <laughs> <laughs> The fuck no, because Brock Lesnar was on the plane ride from hell, so that was much later on. Oh my God. This this oh no no see it had, his hair hadn't been cut off; it was growing out from his Doc Hendricks days. That's what it was. That uh, because they uh, he was Doc Hendricks for years, and Vince made him cut his hair, and uh, that's what he's growing it out. That's what we got here. Okay, the mysteries of Michael Hayes. He he's a he's a unique individual. To say the least. Uh, out back to the back, we got Steve Austin just walking around. Where's the Undertaker? Where's that dead son of a bitch? Well, Steve, if you look at your watch, uh, we've only had two matches, and the main event guys usually don't walk in with their suitcases till about halfway through the show. 
I know we did that on Heat already, but we're going to redo it because Undertaker clearly didn't get dressed for the day. So he's got to shave, he's got to shower, take a shit, and then he's going to put on some real clothes like a man and walk back through that fucking door. One thing he won't do is button his shirt. No. He will not button his shirt. Absolutely not do that. Uh, But I will say, buttoning up the feud for the European title is D'Lo Brown giving a nice promo. I referenced it last week. D'Lo seemed very uh, out of place without his European title. And here we are, full circle, with old double K, Kevin Kelly. And... uh, yeah, D'Lo, uh, what would they say? He, he's he's been to he's been to, no, there was one. Um, they named a bunch of countries, and one was like super fucking. I think it was like England or something like that. That Jr. was running down, and and King goes, "Is England in Europe?" It's like, oh for fuck's sake! <sighs> if it ain't in Memphis, he don't know what it is. <laughs> hey Jr., you know the age of consent in Europe. <laughs> I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> uh, hashtag just saying. And, uh, yeah. So, so this match with, uh, with Midian here, right? Mm-hmm. So this was another kind of glorified squash. Um, well, again, what, they, they explained what, it a little weird and I forgot that this had happened, but during the match, they explained, um, uh, that Midian being the European champion was similar to Duggan being the TV champion in WCW. Duggan found the title in the trash. Apparently Midian found the European title in Shane's bag and just kept it because Russo hates titles. (laughs) So I've always liked the European title. Like I've always been partial to that title. I like Mm -hmm. the belt. I like how it looks. Just the fact that it was kind of just an afterthought here. It kind of sucks, but um, D'Lo, D'Lo looked great in this match. Midian, you know, whatever, God bless. Um, but this match was just a glorified squash trying to elevate D'Lo because he's got some big things coming up in the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. Uh, but yes, very uh, quick and to the point, D'Lo with the, uh, his, his version of the frog splash is what they were calling it. I don't even think the, it was called the lowdown at this point. Uh, gets a title. I never, I never liked when when they do that. The the ver- this is my version of this. This is my version of this. You can well, say this it, is. You can it, say this is my version of Eggs Benedict. At the end of the day, it's Eggs Benedict. In yes, I I agree to a point. Uh, in his defense, his frog splash was a little different than the frog splash because he did that. Like it wasn't like he. I don't know how to do it without visual aids. Um, it's because so we know how Eddie Guerrero does the frog splash and Rob Van Dam does the frog splash uh, and Ray Mysterio tries to do a frog splash. Um, theirs is like their, their elbows and their knees almost come together, whereas D'Lo kind of like jumps and, and almost has his hands like prayer hands and goes down between his crotch and up. So it's slightly different. There is a little bit of a modification on the jump style of it. Um, but it's still a fucking frog splash. So yeah. I, 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 th- I think it's because he's uh, when he's jumping, he does it that way because he's got to tuck his dick in before he fucking lands on the mat. That's unconfirmed. <laughs> <laughs> but let's go with that as well. I'm, I'm uh, just going to get out there. I think D-Lo's got a big dick. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know. I mean, you got to ask some of the girls at fucking uh, Crazy Horse 2 out in Vegas. He was a GM there with the Godfather for a while. <laughs> Pippin ain't easy, but a piece okay. fucking awesome. I mean, we all, we all knew the Godfather ran the strip club, but imagine just going and like, D'Lo's just the manager there? Like, as a wrestling fan, it's like, okay, I'm in Vegas on vacation. I'm going to a strip club. And it's like, at first, you're kind of confused because he's not just hanging out at a table. Because, like, I've seen Perry Saturn at the Golden Banana back in the day a lot. Like, we used to eat chicken wings at the bar at the Banana a lot. And, uh, but, like, he was just there because he lived in Peabody. Seeing D'Lo, like, working, uh, it'd, be, it'd be a little out of place for a minute. But, you know, good for him. He's good. You know, jobs are jobs, man. How many times do you think people came up to him and be like, listen, I'm looking for the real deal. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> and then he just turns around and goes, woo! Imagine like one of the girls is dancing to his fucking theme song. <laughs> <laughs> and she tries to do the frog splash off the stage. But it's his bootleg TNA theme song. <laughs> <laughs> Is it the one that goes boom, 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 or uh, boom, 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 boom? No, it's aces and eights. <laughs> oh, my God. What copyright infringement bullshit they dodge. So that reminds me talking about that. Did you ever see back in the day when uh, Vanilla Ice, Ice Ice Baby came out, the MTV had an interview with him? His explanation for how he's not ripping off. Yeah, the song. Yeah, no, it, it's 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 one note. Like theirs is dum 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 da dum dum. Mine is dum 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 da dum dum tink. I remember watching that as a young boy and thinking to myself, "You're a goddamn liar." <laughs> you just, you know what? You know what? I'm 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 with Serge Knight on this one. They should have hung you out that fucking window. You are an asshole. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly, yeah, sure. Seen enough documentaries on Sage Knight being a bad human being to think he's a bad human being. I miss I miss VH1 behind the music. Remember when those channels used to play and talk about music? Like pop-up video and uh I don't know, Carson Daly with Total Request Live. What was it like? I'm on my eighth kid and I'm 14. Chappelle did a bit on that. It was that the Gremlins camera that showed your future, and he had Carson Daly to in TRL when he was like sixty and balding with a beer gut. He's like, "Why the fuck are you guys still here? <laughs> this music is shit." <laughs> it's actually it's, pretty good. Um, it's it's crazy that there's no music television anymore. Well, well, the biggest insult to injury is, is the fact that they still do the video music awards. And I'm like, where do you find music videos? Beside? Like, I'm thinking, and then I start thinking, I'm like, it's got to be YouTube, right? That's the only place you'd find. So is this the YouTube awards on MT fucking V? But that's still a big thing for them, I guess. Well, what, what happened was MTV turned into all the shows and then they had MTV too, which was going to be music videos. And then that turned into shows. They tried to do MTV Classic like three years ago that would have music videos again or it would be old music videos, but that just that was far way too far down the dial for people to find. It's well, like channel two thousand and thirty-eight. That turned into the Run and Stimpy slash uh Beavis and Butthead channel. Well, that's actually not a bad one. It's not a horrible thing, but like, yeah, yeah. no, I want to watch a foreigner video for God's sake. <laughs> okay. 
want to kill you motherfuckers to play some fog hat. <laughs> Where's my goddamn ZZ top? Uh, okay, so D'Lo Brown, new European champion, as things should be. And we're in the back. Austin is still on his search for Undertaker. But goddamn, commitment to the gimmick. Al Snow is batshit crazy doing a promo. I tried paying attention to it. I don't know what he was talking about. But he's got like the dark circles, like he's been awake for eight days. And it's like, you know, say what you will. Al Snow's a goddamn good performer. Make it stop. That's all he's saying is just make it stop. I'm just like, the funny part was because that the match that is the basis of this series of shows we're doing is up next. And and the funny part was I real I realized that about three quarters of the way through the match, Al Snow like had forgotten his gimmick and then remembered it. Cause like he starts the match by running into the ring and saying, Make it stop, the voices in my head, make it stop, make it stop. And while the boss man is beating on uh the the spike in in head's head. He's still, you know, still crazy and still doing his thing. Then they start actually having a match, and Al Snow is actually having the match. And then, like, right before they went outside, he pulled, he got back into character and was like, make him stop. And I'm like, you forgot that you were supposed to be crazy for about 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the here's the good thing about the hardcore matches. Yeah. They always turn into a clusterfuck. It always turned into, we're going to hit every catacomb of the arena, end up outside, and then do the mad sprint back to the ring when it's all over. Every single one is the same. Al Snow had one where they fought the fucking river. Yep. And they had to run all the way back to get the belt. And, and yep. this is not exclusive to this match, but um, prior to that, uh, big boss man, Potty mouth city. Holy cow. I mean, everybody is. Uh, Billy Gunn is, is cursing up a storm. Austin's cursing up a storm in his match. Again, the microphones are way too fucking close. But yeah, Boss Man is just another one cussing up a storm up in here. Um, what the fuck was I going to say? Oh, yeah, the, uh, <laughs> the hardcore matches. Um, is it a requirement for for every hardcore match to involve a golf cart that hasn't had its battery charged? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yeah. <laughs> Some dude was using the payphone, JR just fucking yells at him. <laughs> Not a good time to use a phone, pal. It's like, Jesus, man, why aren't you calling the match? Um, also hardcore matches, as you said, they they're a clusterfuck and they're fun in the fact that, yeah, they, they would go all over the arena and they would just become like, what kind of garbage can we throw on each other? Uh, terrible if you're at the show. Like, watch it. If you're in the arena during a hardcore match, they were the worst. And it's like, the problem was they were so fun and usually they had been built up on TV to the point of you didn't want to miss it. But man, this was prime time to either take a piss or go get a beer because you just you couldn't hear or really see shit because the screen wasn't like it's not the HD screen that they have now. It was that, you know, the sheet that the big show ripped apart with a fucking fish hook. <laughs> I think they use the same one just put tape on it. 
That's also the one uh, Hawk fell through when Draws pushed him off. <laughs> when Draws murdered him He's... because he drank. <laughs> oh my god that that's that storyline that awful. made that storyline main evented a raw storyline main evented Dark Side of the Ring is what it did. <laughs> also did. So by my calculations, we had coffee, mm-hmm. a plant. Yep. Pans, tables, yep. a road flag, a belt, a hubcap, a cone, and a brick. Uh, yeah, and the golf cart. And the golf cart, yes. <laughs> the, the road flag. He tried to stick it in his fucking pee hole. <laughs> I'm, I'm watching it. Literally, it looked like he was giving him a catheter. I'm like, what are we and it went on forever because he's he's just he's holding it in there and i'm like all right i don't know what's about to happen here and i ultimately know that nothing's going to happen with this little segment but what did the boss man think was going to be the outcome of let's stab him with a road flag like cuz you ha- you can't literally impale somebody so you just kind of have to hold it there and go <laughs> and then just take it away and move on to the next object. <laughs> he literally grabbed it and just yeah. stuck it. That's he it. Just, he stuck it, held it, and it called him a piece of shit. <laughs> like right into <laughs> microphone. <laughs> yeah, well, you think you piece of shit. <laughs> and JR fucking JR getting getting all pissy about people cursing because ultimately JR is the one that's going to have to yell at them when Vince yells at him because JR was human resources or whatever the fuck that job was back then. JR is actually signing the paycheck. So he, you can tell that's part of the gimmick why he's like, ah, eh, apologize for what the boss man said, but he's just telling Al Snow what he thinks. <laughs> okay, pal. Meanwhile, Billy Gunn's about to come out and literally tell the whole crowd to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> for someone who runs HR, he's not very tolerant of uh, alternate lifestyles. Oh, oh, yeah, the China match and the Billy Gunn match is a real problematic commentary track. <laughs> get there in a second. So just to put a bow on this, uh, boss man, Al Snow, go outside. I, you got a nice bulldog on the sidewalk. They almost is- got hit by a car, which I'm guessing was a plant. Yeah. But holy shit, that plant was going about 60. <laughs> it's like you like the way it all happened. I'm like, okay, that's one of their that's one of their guys that set it up because he was laying on the horn and he screeched to a halt, but the dude was straight up going 60 towards two human beings. Process that for a second. <laughs> so that happens, then they end up in this. I don't know, parking garage, gated, whatever you want to call it. Area. They're fighting. Hits him with a fucking bottle. A a miscellaneous beer bottle. Just (laughs) laying around there. And cracks him with it. Then handcuffs him to the fence. Both arms. Both arms. And he goes... What the fuck is this? Private property. No trespassing. And he pulls out... Which Big Boss Man can read. He pulls up his baton and just fucking annihilates. <laughs> you can hear it in the back of back of Boss Man's head. Finish him. <laughs> it, was, 
and it, it, I didn't know if it was an antenna or a baton. I've, it was one it, of those extendable batons that the cops had. Yeah. 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 Uh, the funny part was his boss man trying to keep up his gimmick of like, you know, uh, you know, I guess he's the law still. I don't really know. He's kind of an asshole at this point. Not even like he's not even wearing a badge anymore or at least a plastic one he used to wear. But yeah, the whole this is private property and I'm going to handcuff you. Meanwhile, Al Snow is literally saying, hit me, hit me. Like he's basically uh, Regan in the fucking exorcist. Fuck me, fuck me. Ah. And the boss man is just like, this is the law. It's like you guys are on two different pages, but I love what you're getting. <laughs> you, can, you can imagine he's getting pulled into the Cobb County, Cobb County Correctional Office. Gun badge, boss man. You're making some cost <laughs> city millions. Riggs Murtaugh, boss man, you're fucking up. <laughs> Step into my office. Why? Because you're fucking fired. Uh, so the boss man wins and we get another title change. He's the new hardcore champion. Did we even know or care that this was a title match? No, but it's fun. There was coffee and a guy on the payphone involved. All's right with the world. <laughs> uh, I love when the, the, uh, the wrestlers would fake hot coffee. Because... Sometimes they're just not good actors. And he hurls that coffee at him. Clearly, it didn't really hurt because there's ways you act when you're being burnt. And this was just like splashed in the face. And it's like, like almost seizure And then Al Snow is like, oh, I, maybe I should act weird, too, because it hit me as well. So he starts, ah, and it's like, none of you are actually burning right now because that that's like, it's like if you get burnt with real coffee, you can't quote-unquote kayfabe that shit you're actually burning (laughs) their acting level with that is like the episode of mr bean where he was trying to get in the hot tub (laughs) thank you thank you (laughs) oh jesus christ (laughs) mr bean 15 minutes to go to the fucking hot tub Up next, Kevin Kelly's getting a lot of airtime tonight. He's there with the big shot, Bob Holly. I'm going to go out there and kick everybody's ass. Fuck it up. Be the champ. You're a ref tonight, Bob. I don't fucking care. <laughs> you know why? Because I'm the big shot. The big shot. I love Bob Holly. <laughs> oh, you know, I guess the big show and Kane don't like each other, and Bob Holly's here. Uh, so... Guess what's going to happen? Schmaz and punching. Um, we get a nice view of the Big Show's ass. Big Show is wearing, like, less than Deborah, basically. And it's not cool. Like, there's a whole lot of bear Big Show in this match. Like, it's like oh, man, you could have you could have extended those shorts a little bit. Like, we don't need all of your ass it's a lot and this isn't even the one where vince goes up his ass we covered that already (laughs) maybe maybe the whole time kelly kelly's character was actually the big show the big show's been an exhibitionist the whole time time the big show's a nudie dancer um so is there like, why is Bob Holly involved? Why is anybody involved in this fucking match? I really don't understand because th- this is, this is where we start getting muddy in, in the storylines because a lot of these guys are involved in multiple shit right now. Um, so explain to me 
why? I mean, I, I gathered from the video package that the Kane and Big Show, uh, you know, fought at King of the Ring. Okay, which which was like yeah. a month or so ago. Uh, and, and I understand that Bob Holly just wants to fight anybody because fucking goddamn whip some ass. Why are we here? So Bob Holly was um, pretending to be a super heavyweight. Uh, pretending. Yeah. The man is well over 400 pounds. He is a super heavyweight legitimately. <laughs> he carries a fucking scale. Or, so has Crash uh, showed up? <laughs> so it's funny because Crash does show up in a couple of months from here. But Great. prior to the them being with the scale and whatnot, he was a super heavyweight. And he wanted to tussle with uh, the likes of Kane and the Big Show. And the Big Show took a little bit of a, little bit of a shine to him. Mm-hmm. Um, they became... Friendly, mm-hmm. so to speak. Sure. Thus, interfering in Kane's matches, helping the big show, blah, 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 leading to this scenario. But there is way too much cross pollination mm-hmm. with these mid carters and the main eventers getting in there. I mean, it's cool. Like, how often are you going to see Bob Holly and The Undertaker in the same ring at the same time? How often are you going to see X Pac involved in stuff like this? So it's cool visually but it creates a little bit of a murky situation right um it is also the part where especially because we're coming into this in the middle or at the end of this story uh where i don't really there's no definitive explanation as to who's the 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 heel and who's the face in these matches um and everyone's just acting like an asshole so i can't really tell um I'm assuming that Big Show and Bob Holly are the heels because at the end, when Big Show wins, he kind of gives Bob Holly a hug, and Bob Holly uh, chop blocks Kane at a certain point. So I'm guessing they're, like you said, taking a shine. So they must be the the heel buddies, putting it putting it over on the big guy. It's it's kind of murky because I don't know who's who because Kane's with X Pac, but the right. Big Show cheers when he came out. So I don't know who's good. But also, I, the, isn't is Kane? Is Kane with Spock? Yeah, but is Kane fighting Undertaker? No, they're ex fighting because they're brothers, and that's what brothers do. They have disagreements, okay. And grievances. Okay, um, and the grievance that they're currently having is who should use X Pac as a toothpick? Who is the father of X Pac? Is it Kane? Is it the Undertaker? Is it 1986 Denver Broncos? Find out next week. Um, I mean, this match was long. This match it, was awful. Um, it, awful. The funny thing was, it wasn't long. It just felt, it was only eight minutes long, but it felt fucking long um, until all the shenanigans started. Like, this, as soon as Bob Holly chop block Kane and the match went to shit, it started getting good again. And it's like, okay, fine. Here comes X Pac and Undertaker and blah, 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 blah. Um, so that part was 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 fine, uh, because of course you you know what's going to happen next. Uh, Steve Austin has been searching the back, looking. For oh, goddamn, there he is! There he is! <laughs> I've been looking for this son of a bitch. So, uh, Undertaker choke slams X Pac, and he takes uh, X Pac hits Holly with a roundhouse kick and. Big Show wins. 
the, the, the main bullet point to this match is when the Undertaker gets to the back, Austin starts beating the shit out of him until he bleeds, basically. Goddamn! I found you! Goddamn! You're just, have, just had me walking past the bathroom here. There's Undertaker whipped his ass! That's what you get. Uh, I think Stone Cold's gonna win tonight. Goddamn! I'm a fan <laughs> in the crowd. So, next up. <laughs> next up. Uh, this is not the match I thought it was gonna be last week when they said the, the name of it. Uh, so last week they teased when, when Steve Blackman showed up to Raw last week with literal knives taped to sticks like a murderer. Uh, they're like, he's going to face Ken Shamrock at the pay-per-view in an Iron Circle match. Now, I thought, and what I envisioned was that um, that not an octagon contraption that they had I think that ended up being the lion's den that Ken Shamrock would occasionally fight in. And I figured because it was called iron circle, I'm like, Oh, that must be what they call that thing with weapons. Cause Steve Blackman has weapons. So it's kind of like Thunderdome, you know, the cool Thunderdome from Mad Max, not the weird Skype shows that we have on TV. Now Um, I digress. That's not what we got. We got a whole bunch, bunch of Sam's hot car lot parked in a fucking parking garage bunch of 1984 Buicks with all of the wrestlers including a not yet debuted Kurt Angle sitting next to Sergeant Slaughter beating on hoods like there's no fucking tomorrow and Blackman and Ken Shamrock show up in uh, I don't know some would call them street clothes I call them pajamas but they show up and they just I don't know beat up cars for like 10 minutes. And this is what they wanted Raw Underground to be. Yep. This is exactly what what it probably should have been. Uh I mean it's not great, but it's also not it definitely wasn't overly produced. Um if if I'm nitpicking this whole thing, uh Shamrock and Blackman spent way too much time behind the cars fighting than actually in the iron circle, so to speak. Like they were, they were at the back end of the cars almost the whole fucking time. Uh, and part of that I think was, I'm assuming without, uh, I'm assuming, but I'm not like completely convinced that they gimmicked up the, the windows because they were straight up just punching through windows. And I mean, we all know, from Goldberg and the finger poke of doom. What happens when a wrestler punches a window, you lose him for a few months because he lacerates all his fucking tendons and arteries. And they went through like, I don't know, three windows with like no reservation. They're just like, yeah, let's. And granted, these Ken Shamrock and Steve Blackman, these are guys that probably would just punch through windows because crazy. Uh, But like no, no cuts. And they weren't like checking each other. Um, and even Undertaker said in, in the documentary that, that came out this year uh, that with the AJ Styles match, even though that was a gimmick glass, it was, it was the movie Candy Glass, he still cut the fuck out of his arm like on that glass. And that was kind of surprising to me. More, Not so much for Ken Shamrock because he, he pulled the cane in an Inferno match. He had full sleeves going. Uh, but Blackman, 
was sleeveless and he was punching through windows. And I'm like, that's just, that's reckless at this point. You could die like on pay-per-view. <laughs> so the, not even WrestleMania, car- you could die at fully loaded 99. <laughs> so the cars reminded me of playing street fighter two in the bonus round mm-hmm. where you would have to destroy the car in 10 seconds. That's all they were doing. That's what, that's what it seemed like to me. I was waiting for E Honda to show up and do the hundred hand slap. They just, they beat the shit out of these three cars in particular. And you could, again, you could tell that they bought these junkyard cars because it's like all the wrestlers were sitting on like other cars with license plates. And then there's these three beat to shit, like 84 Buicks that looked like they were about to be crushed in a compactor. And those are the three that, that, uh, Shamrock and Blackman kind of tuned up. Uh, but yeah, and then Blackman finds a chain behind one of the cars because that's where chains live. And <laughs> he starts whipping the, the the hood of the car. Somebody, one of the other wrestlers, was really excited about it and just started yelling, whip him, whip him. I'm like, I think that's Midian. <laughs> Over there, rubbing his nipples, yelling, whip him. And Shamrock gets a hold of it. And chokes the ever-loving shit out of Blackman with that chain. Roll credits. Yeah, I thought there was going to be some fucking death. <laughs> that was... Uh, the glass uh, legitimately uh, uh, was, was like scaring me. And the fucked up thing was, this match was only four minutes long. This was the shortest felt, match of the night. Felt longer. It really did. Um, <laughs> the funny part was... You could tell how underproduced it was. And, and when I referenced the fact they were behind the cars, because on commentary, uh, JR kept going, I can't see them. Where are they? And it's like, well, they're right behind the cars. Like, none of us can see them. <laughs> so, again, think of the hardcore match and how bad that, those are to watch in the arena. Now, imagine sitting in the arena watching this. There's a reason it was probably four minutes long. And it's like, yeah, the, this isn't going to work for. The audience, the 16,000 people who have paid to be here aren't going to sit for 15 minutes while these type guys play underneath cars. Well, good thing. This feud's not over. I don't want to look too far ahead. Thank God. We got a rematch coming. I can't wait. More Buicks. <laughs> <laughs> Ken Shamrock wins uh, if uh, after choking him with a chain. But, but again, their music played, which was a little weird in the situation like this. But even the fact that there was a winner, like an actually announced winner, uh, because it's a, they made very clear that it's a non-sanctioned match. And they even went so far as to have a referee show up and then have Ken Shamrock throw the referee out of the match. Why he showed up to a non-sanctioned match? I don't know. Just to really hammer it home that there are no rules in the Iron Circle. Mm-mm. Is that a Russian thing? Uh, I think, yeah, he dies, he dies. Kind of yeah, something like that. Oh, yeah, we went over that last week. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Michael Cole is in the back with China and Billy Gunn. Your favorite promo of the night, I know. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, they want the money. They want all the money. And Road Dog and X-Pac, they just want the attitude, man. They want their dick jokes. So Road Dog and X-Pac want the dick towel. 
Billy Gunn and China want Dick Towel money so they can buy a shrimping vessel. That's what we're at. <laughs> well, you see, Mike, uh, I need uh, <laughs> to buy some more mesh for my uh, <laughs> ass pants. <laughs> Tell them, China. So. This is really the this is a problematic match for the commentary yeah. alone. I mean, it's not a great match to begin with. It's not bad. It's like it's not for for what it is. You know, Billy Gunn in China versus Road Dog and X-Pac. It's it's it, it's a functional match. But JR's commentary on the match is just really problematic listening back to it. Um right off the bat China and Billy Gunn come out and they are wearing the same shorts. Now that sounds cute and fun and hey, they're a tag team until you realize that those shorts consist of uh, their mesh like their mesh shorts over black leather studded thongs. And JR has quite the problem with Billy Gunn wearing that. And we spend the next 11 minutes and 36 seconds hearing all about how JR really doesn't like Billy Gunn wearing those shorts. He really is uncomfortable with Billy Gunn in a thong. Really uncomfortable about that. Unless... Mike, he had barbecue sauce. Well, yeah. Uh, unless, uh, you know, he looked good with uh, some, of the, some of the barbecue sauce slaving over his, his, his posterior right there. But uh, I don't know. How, how, does, how does China know if Billy's wearing her shorts and she's wearing her shorts? And what kind of a man? What kind, what kind of a man wears shorts? Those aren't very masculine shorts he's wearing there. Uh, I mean... It's 2021. So there's words we don't say anymore, but he was almost saying them back in 99. <laughs> you know what I mean? Read between the lines, figure it out for yourself. JR had a massive problem with Billy Gunn's attire in this match. Billy Gunn had a massive problem with the crowd in this match. And as we mentioned, the microphones are very much doing their jobs tonight because I don't even know what the fans were chanting. The road dogs got kicked something off and Billy just turns right into the hard camera and screams as loud as he could. Shut the fuck up. And I'm like, <laughs> and again, Jr. being the HR professional that he is, goes, ah, well, uh, Billy Gunn doesn't like what they're saying to him. I'm thinking, uh, son of a bitch, going to have to talk to Billy after this show. <laughs> uh, so and- this was, this match was all over the place too. So the, the entrances alone, they both come out to the DX music. Yeah, so from, the this, from this confused. point on, I feel like the DX music was just put on a loop for about a half an hour, which actually, like, I'm, I'm looking at the like times. Jack. <laughs> yeah, like it, it, it was very much Natural Born Killers with New Jack and ECW. Um, yeah. Actually, I'm looking at the times, and it was literally a half an hour, because this was an 11-minute match, and the next one's a 20-minute match. Uh, but yeah, it just felt like they were just rolling the DX music over and over again for some fucking reason. Uh, but yeah, they both go out of that. Worst Road dog in intro promo ever he 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 was doing the spelling thing the d-o-double-g and x to the p to this and he starts spelling like 
I don't know, words with 87 letters in them. And it's just, he lost track at, at a certain point and just kind of fucking bailed on the whole promo. And I'm like, they all can't be winners, man. But this was rough, rough. And the crowd was trying to do the sing-along with him. And they had no fucking idea what he was trying to say, what he, what he was trying to communicate. Well, but they put the camera, they put the camera on yeah. two people yeah. and you just see them awkwardly try to repeat what he's saying before he says it. Yeah. It's just so awkward and douchey. It's just not good. Because the, the point of the sing-along is you're saying the same shit week after week. Like, The Rock does it later in the show where he does the millions pause. Everyone yells, millions. It's literally sing-along with the champ. And the road dog for a couple years now has been saying the whole tag team champions of the world and that whole thing. But he can't do that shit anymore. And there's been occasions where he hasn't been able to do that because he's either been in singles competition or he went through that thing where he was fighting against Billy Gunn or they were in different match. And he was able to work around it and still keep the same rhyming cadence so that the crowd could join in. This time, it was just all over the fucking place. And yeah, nobody knew what the hell he was saying, including him. And it was just like, yay? (laughs) Yay, team. Yay. Woo! I mean, the match was based on a stupidity anyway. It's like they, they want the rights to the DX name and, and Triple H doesn't give a rat's ass. Like he has a token moment in earlier in the show where he was, he had Billy Gunn in China. He's like, I'm going to go out and take care of the rock and you guys go get that DX money and bring it back to me because they wouldn't let me say goodbye to my fucking friends, JR. And like, I'm gonna spit in my stomach. Yeah. Burns a hole in my fucking stomach, JR. JR. JR, you wouldn't let me say goodbye to my friends, you fucking hick. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, I mean, Triple H is basically playing daddy and telling the kids to go bring him his fucking his cigarettes or something. And <clears throat> they mention it very briefly in the match. The fact that Shawn Michaels has nothing to do with any of this. You know, literally the guy that came up with DX. Where is he? Well, he's one of my friends I couldn't say goodbye to. He's <laughs> shit. You lazy-eyed motherfucker with the cowboy hat. Fuck you. But, like, you know, it, they... The the story was was weak to begin with, but... They really didn't even care to flesh it out. At the, and, and Sean was popping in and out of shows at this point, right? Like, he was kind of around. Yeah, so he was still the quasi-commissioner. Right. Because back, we talked about the show a lot, the, the one where Mankind wins the title. Right, he got murdered. He smashed in. Yeah. He said in that show that when he was hired as commissioner, no one could fire him. Right. So that carried over. He was still commissioner. He made a, an appearance at King of the Ring. We're going to see him in a couple of weeks where he's uh, popping uh, Oxy out of a fucking Pez dispenser while in the ring with fucking Jesse Ventura. Well, I really but, hope he shows up and clears up this whole copyright problem with DX because I believe he, he would have some claim to it. Yeah. Well, yeah. hopefully hopefully he'll see Triple H so he can say hi to him because he wasn't <laughs> able to. couldn't say goodbye to my friends five years ago, JR. Yeah, JR. I couldn't be king of the ring, you fucking motherfucker. <laughs> so angry. 
but yeah, Triple H doesn't really give a shit about this. Shawn Michaels is nowhere to be found during all this. So it's like, eh, let the kids fight. <laughs> if, 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 let the boy watch. <laughs> let him watch. Gabriel, watch me mount your mother. And look at my plums and their dark, deep, bluish hue. They're so ripe and full. I'm taking my farmer's market. See what kind of a price I get on them. Watch me, boy. By the way, that, that whole character arc went really weird when he turned into like a plantation owner with slaves. <laughs> like season, <laughs> season three of Kenny Powers went off the fucking rails with that character. It's like he was he was Ric Flair with a used car lot for a while. And then it's like all of a sudden he turned into Colonel Sanders, but like from the fucking civil war times was shooting cannons at slaves. It was, it, that was a, it was an odd character choice slapping around <laughs> geisha girls. <laughs> Sometimes I like to use a bow and arrow. <laughs> like, like, All right, man. Cool. <laughs> that's a weird yeah. one. That's he's that, that show that that's a, that's a GTA side mission for these people. If you haven't seen Eastbound and down, Jesus Christ. What okay, are you it's a hell of a drug. <laughs> way better, way better than La Femme Nikita. Yeah, not definitely. as good, not as good as Silk Stockings, but true, true. I mean, it's no pack blue, but I digress. No, no, that was um, the. Um, who wins this fucking match? Oh, the good guys, right? Good guys, because they're in it for the love of the crotch chop, not for right. the dollars. They're for the love of it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and we never see DX again. Because yeah. they probably fucking killed themselves. <laughs> <laughs> On a very special episode of Fully Loaded 99. <laughs> so they have this they have this big blow off, right? Yeah. And I'm pretty sure we I mean we'll know in the next couple of weeks. There's really no mention of DX after this for like four months. I mean, I don't know, because I haven't got there yet, but I'm assuming, yeah. Cause cause like he's like we've said many times, Triple H doesn't give a shit. And I know that X Pac and Road Dog never stopped wearing the gear their entire careers, despite not being a part of DX. Although they won, so they have the right to now legally, because legally binding contracts fall in the court of one, two, three, apparently. Kid. Hey yo. Hey ho. That match was what it was. But we get, but right as, so what happens is Road Dog picks up the mic and uh, says, "Now you can hit our music," and the DX music hits again, and we cut to a video package setting up the Rock versus Triple H, which literally starts with the DX music, which is why I was saying earlier that it felt like the DX music was just on a goddamn loop for the whole back end of the show because it pretty much was. Um, because this is, you know, they went all the way back to, you know, they went back to all the way back. It feels like forever because, like, like you said, the attitude error. But back when, uh, you know, Triple H started DX. Well, Shawn Michaels did, but let's not worry about that. And The Rock started the nation. Well, Farouk did, but let's not worry about that. And X-Pac did blackface. It was weird for a minute. Uh, let's not worry about that. And Triple H, about an hour and a half ago, did a promo where he cursed at JR a lot and made JR pee his pants. It was cool. Let's talk about that for a second, because The Rock did an amazing promo. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. So prior to that, Triple H comes to the ring with my favorite theme song, my favorite light show. Like, I love this 
Triple H, this version of Triple H. Right. Just like this is my favorite version of The Undertaker. This is my favorite version of Triple H. He right. comes to the ring. And then The Rock with Michael Cole just buries <laughs> Triple H. Buries. I'm just gonna I'm gonna read it. Okay. The <laughs> The Rock's promo here. Triple H, you weren't held at the bottom of the barrel because you wanted to say goodbye to your Rudy Poo friends in Madison Square Garden. You were held at the bottom of the barrel because you absolutely suck. Fucking, as the kids say, savage. <laughs> this is why you can't script shit like this because this, now granted, we, this was just, this was so good. Like I watched this twice before even starting the match i rolled it back i'm like that was such a good promo and like you said earlier this isn't even peak rock yet yeah so i mentioned last week like the the promo watching him i'm like this isn't the rock right now and i'm sure as we watch the weeks unfold he once, doesn't even have his 500 dollars shirt yet yeah once smackdown launches all that like this is an a plus promo and to be honest it's not even a good rock promo. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, the, right. The, the, he has even hit the stride of it. And still like, he's still working out his cadence and what to say and how to say it. Right. But Jesus Christ, this was such a good promo. It was like, awesome. It, nice it, shirt. It, it, 25 cents. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're pissing and moaning about rights to a shirt when it costs 25 cents. And you got your big three foot nose shoved up Vince McMahon's ass. It was like, this is great. <laughs> this is what I missed. These are wrestling promos. I love this shit. And the funny thing is, like, like, did you uh, did you see the episode of SNL when The Rock hosted and him and Bobby Moynihan were doing the promos for WWE and they're sitting there and it's before the before they go live and Bobby yeah. Moynihan is like, oh yeah, man, just just go after me. And he's like, this guy has kitty porn on his computer. Woo! <laughs> it's like what? That's basically what the attitude error was, though. <laughs> I saw, I picked up the phone. It was your doctor, and you have herpes. Woo! <laughs> That's literally what the boss man does later. <laughs> That's literally what happens. I catfished you. I sent you a picture of a naked girl and you jerked off to it. It was your daughter. Woo! <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> what? <laughs> you got to throw the woo with the effort. Well, that's what he was doing. Yeah. He, and, I'm, and, and as a wrestling fan, I sat there watching it be like, oh my God, he's doing the Owen Hart woo at the end of all these fucking horrible things. <laughs> I skinned your mother alive and made her a lampshade. Whoa! <laughs> you, you, what was the guy? I think his name was Coco. He's like, he's like, that wasn't your ex-wife. It was me, Coco. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Oh my god, that's fucking good. It's Coco. Oh, that promo Wait, is so much better than this whole fucking strap match. <laughs> by the way, if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, if you got the link to this, Mike, we gotta throw it on our social because that that's fucking. <laughs> it's Coco. I'll find it right now. 
uh, set up this this strap match because this is, they they change the rules as they normally would do because Russo hates tradition despite citing he loves tradition. Uh, it's a strap match. Well, okay, so they got to touch the four corners. No, that's stupid. <laughs> no, this is a fully loaded strap oh. match. It's not. It's not a strap match. That's stupid. Hicks do that in the South. We're fully loaded in New York, motherfucker. So, bro, <laughs> bro, listen, bro. Here's my idea, bro. Right? You got a strap. You don't have to put it on, bro. And what you do is you just punch and kick, bro. That's it, bro. False count anywhere. Touch the doorknobs. I don't give a fuck, bro. Bro. Yeah, that, that's basically what the match was. It was a Street fight, strap match, false count anywhere, anus explosion, <laughs> acolyte rolls. Acolyte rolls. It was everything rolled into one. Yeah. It was just a rock Triple H street fight with a fucking belt. And, and the, ma- the main point of it is the winner of this uh, fully loaded strap match. Oh, my God. It actually is called that. Like they wrote it down. <laughs> I thought I thought you were just making that up until I looked at my notes and I'm like, no, that's actually what they were calling it. Uh, the winner uh, gets a WWF title shot at SummerSlam, which will be refereed by Jesse DeBody Ventura. Uh, and JR, I don't give a fuck about Jesse Ventura, JR. I couldn't say goodbye to my friends. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell Jesse Ventura to suck my dick, JR. You didn't let me say goodbye to my friends and it burns a hole in my fucking stomach you fucking lazy eyed fuck fuck you and your barbecue sauce I couldn't say goodbye to Kevin Nash it's Coco <laughs> I did just find that video I'll post it later <laughs> <laughs> you have herpes <laughs> <laughs> Oh. oh my god, I'm gonna piss myself <laughs> on the series finale of two guys watching wrestling. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, let's get through it. Uh, all right. So the fully loaded strap match. Uh I love how they always have to name these 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 matches. Like you get the Texas bull rope match or the everything gets the state or the show that they're on. Like we had the acolyte rules earlier. It was just it was a brawl. So the fully loaded strap max means a match with a strap, but the pinfall counts, not the traditional. I think that's a bro. You know, we got to tell tradition to suck it, bro. We're generation X, bro. <laughs> you know, we got a, we got a guy, you know, he couldn't say goodbye to his friends. So he's going to tell you, JR, to go fuck yourself. <laughs> yes. Uh, but the pinfalls count anywhere, I guess, maybe. I, I, it doesn't anywhere, really matter. Because when you're fully loaded, Mike, uh, anything can happen. See, it's that, 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 that's the big one. It's fully. Loaded. Yeah. If it was partially loaded, you could touch the turnbuckles. But when you're fully loaded, you got, you got to make the pins. Mm-hmm. And Triple H being the true cerebral assassin that he is says, you know what? I'm going to do this myself. I'm going to win this match on my own. No help from China. No help from anyone else. He He's going to go there and do it. But he didn't. But guess what happens? He, he had like that 80 guy, people in the ring. <laughs> that guy is a liar. <laughs> I know that's hard to believe in the in the world of professional wrestling. The bad guy didn't stick true to his word. Oh. China comes out, 
Billy China, Gunn comes out. China and Billy Gunn in their matching thongs came to the ring. <laughs> yes. And uh, there was a bunch of low blows, which in a in a no DQ match, who gives a shit? Because they were actually trying to distract the referee and give low blows. And I'm like, but wait, there's no disqualification. I know it's your default setting to distract your referee, but you don't need to do that. You can just punch him in the dick right now and it still flies. Well, <clears> yeah. <throat> It's fully loaded. It's fully loaded. Uh, Billy Gunn, uh, I thought was funny when he came down because uh, he had like I don't know a bit of wood. It just looked like it looked like a piece of wood with a tape on it, and he smacked the rock in the back, rolled out of the ring, and started celebrating like he won something. <laughs> He's like, "Yay! I got a stick, and it's got tape on it. Woo!" <laughs> he had the audacity to call that a club. By the way, <laughs> that's what they called it. That's why I wasn't going to, because they called it a club, but it's like, no, that wasn't a club. It was, I don't know what it was. It looked like, like it a was, baseball bat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Basically. Like one, of, one of those things you get at friendlies when you get like four ice creams. <laughs> yeah, you, get the, you get the, you get the fake helmet that they put the ice cream in and this is what the spoon goes into. Yeah. Let's put some tape. Bro, I got this idea, right? So I was at Friendly's the other day, bro, right? And I had the Rocky Road, bro, right? And I was like, kid, this is a great idea, bro. Triple H, tell JR to go fuck himself. I'll take this, bro. We'll put tape on it. It's a fucking club. It's a club. It's a fucking club, kid. Uh, and, uh, R. But Billy Gunn still can't get over on the rock because the rock hits him with a rock bottom. Poor bastard. That's that, that son of a bitch rock is always going to. He So Billy Gunn beat him last week on last week's episode on Raw. Kind of. <laughs> I can almost guarantee you the rock will never lose to Billy Gunn again. <laughs> Ever again. No. Uh, yeah. And, uh, but, you know, hitting, hitting Billy Gunn with the rock bottom was the beginning of the end because Triple H then gives him the kick, the pedigree, and... Uh, he is on his way to SummerSlam. Gonna do it all by myself, JR. So I didn't get to say goodbye to my friends. So I'm gonna have all my friends at ringside, but they're not really my friends because my friends are at WCW and I got a hole in my stomach. I'm just a sad panda right now. Fuck this shit. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't let me go with my friends, JR. So I have to make new friends and I don't wanna <laughs> wanna make new friends. <laughs> hey, I don't wanna. I don't want to make new friends. I want to sit in the back and watch Scott Hall chew the inside of his cheek. <laughs> I couldn't say goodbye to him. You took their jobs. You took their nerve. <laughs> Triple H is opening for Steamy Ray Vaughn. Gonna get up there, tell Jared to go fuck himself and then shit his britches. <laughs> Steamy Nicks. Steamy Nicks. You ain't the, the woman you used to sing with Fleetwood, Matt? Nope. <laughs> this is Steamy Nicks. She gets up on stage and shits her britches. <laughs> Fuck, we are off the rails. Because uh, I couldn't say goodbye to my friends. But yeah, so yeah. Triple right. H is going to SummerSlam. Cool. With his friends. <laughs> With his friends. China and Billy Gunn and their matching thongs, which JR has a massive problem with. Um, main event is up next. Uh, so, of course, before the main event, we get our video package with a lot of strobe effects in this one. 
and it cuts from color to black and white. And my God, and the fucked up thing is like, like on Disney plus on some of the, some of the movies, they have like warning. This contains, you know, strobe stuff. I'm shocked that the, like legitimately, I'm not even making a joke anymore. Uh, that they don't have some sort of label or warning or something like that. Because that, it, like, it bothered me, and I don't have any of those issues, and I know people do. So that's a, uh, it's just it, it was very jarring to see the, all the stroby strobies. And during this package, we mm. also find out really what the Undertaker wants. Mm, what's that? Is Austin's blood? That's His it. blood? Mm, yeah, that's, that's just... all he wants. Doesn't want the title, even though it's an end of a 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 era. All he wants. It's just Austin's blood. That's it. That's it. He just wants Austin's blood. And Austin, he just wants all up in that ass. <laughs> yeah, you big prick. <laughs> you might want my blood. I want all of your ass. All right. Jared's going to have a problem with that. But anyway, um, first blood. They had one that, uh, so they. <laughs> They're all over the map on this one. This is why this confused me a lot because the the end of an era packages and stuff take us like way back into 98. And they're even referencing the fact that Austin was in a first blood match at King of the Ring 98 and Undertaker cost him that. And it's like, again, there's a lot of different storylines happening around this match. And it doesn't really seem even though they're in the corporate ministry that undertaker and Vince are on the same page, like undertaker wants one thing. Vince wants another thing. Austin wants everybody's asses. And then X-Pac is somehow involved and Kane and big show. And, and Bob Holly wants to whip everybody's ass and be the champion. Uh, road dog. I don't know. He, he's, he's off in the tertiary thing, trying to figure out what, why he fucked up his promo so badly. Triple H is involved. He comes out. He actually legitimately comes to the ring in this one. Uh, the Rock, uh, fuck man, there's a lot of people in this one match. <laughs> it's kind of like a TV show season finale. It's it's like a crossover episode. <laughs> yeah, you got SVU and Chicago Hope coming together here. You get all the Law and Orders. <laughs> Law and Order shoplifting. <laughs> dun dun. Dun dun. <laughs> You're smuggling this bread maker in your anus. <laughs> Oh, but, uh, yeah, so <clears throat> this, it's, it's a, it's again, it's a decent match. It's an Undertaker Austin match, uh, shitload of brawling. Vince is on commentary, which was a hoot and a holler for me. Whenever Vince jumps on commentary and like falls back into his old commentary ways, uh, it's really, really fun because we all know the stories of how Vince overproduces the the play-by-play guys, and he's always chirping in their ears and the headsets and all that stuff. And then it's like when he come, when he comes down and does commentary, it's almost like it's got to be a blessing for the guys on commentary, but also kind of their nightmare because he's just doing it live now. Because <laughs> he's there was a point where they were brawling outside, and Vince is getting really he's like, look at him, he's punching, call the match, look at him, and I'm like, I, I don't think. I don't think he knows he's in front of an audience right now. <laughs> he's yelling at JR to call the match while he's actually calling the match. <laughs> all, all McMahon was missing was his light blue sports coat 
with the red WWF logo on it. Sharp blazer right there, pal. That's all he was missing. Uh, so this match was your typical Undertaker Austin match, almost kind of a carbon copy of their SummerSlam match. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only difference was the, the didn't blood, get knocked out ten minutes in. <laughs> that obviously that, but just the the blood stipulation. But it was crowd brawling, physical. Like this was Austin was hurt during this too, which is something that I think is kind of glossed over. And so was the Undertaker. Like it seems like. That whole stretch from King of the Ring to now, over a year, both of these guys were hurt. The, yeah, the, I I remember as a fan, Taker especially being banged up um, for a lot of it. Um, I remember, and and a lot of it was like knee and hip shit uh, for Undertaker. And I remember specifically a few episodes of Raw where he would like. Uh, again, we, we mentioned it in joking, but he would just show up in his regular clothes and like it was almost like I don't want to work, but you won't let me get surgery yet type type of feeling. I wonder if he would get a chance to say goodbye to his friend. <laughs> <laughs> As that fan told us, though, he's dead and he can't bleed, although that's been proven wrong. No, no, my, my, my dad told me uh, that, you know, dead people, you know, they, all the blood's gone. So they, you know, they have olive oil in there. <laughs> what? Olive oil, bro. <laughs> oh, listen, right? You're dead as fuck. So you can't bleed, kid, right? But we got this <laughs> other guy, right? He drinks a shitload of beer. And then you have this other guy. He's going to go tell JR to go fuck himself, bro. Also, I just want to comment on, on how wonderful the attitude error is. As Vince is making his way to the ring on crutches, not a wheelchair this time, there's two guys in the front row holding two signs up that one says ass, one says hole. It's a massive asshole sign right on the screen. It's just like, oh, I love this time. It was just zero fucks given. <laughs> There, there was there was so many good signs. There was one that said the real big shows in my pants. Uh, <laughs> uh, was it uh, horny twenty four seven for sure. Austin three six? Just and a lot of people calling uh, their friends gay and uh, homo uh, <laughs> on that. It was, it was amazing. And uh, I always love the personal uh, go to my website. The Geo Cities. We, we all or, had them. Or all Angel had Fire. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The, the the signs were amazing. I think I think going forward we should maybe pick a sign of the show that well, we see. The, the the two the two legends in the front row with the big asshole sign. That one wins for this one. <laughs> right. Yeah, we'll do we'll do that one. Yeah, that, that that's fucking tremendous. <laughs> be right there. You're in front and you have it. It's not like it was in the balcony in the 300. You were ringside, <laughs> like right by the ramp, right there. Like, and, and the fact that it was two, they had to plan it out. So they knew, obviously knew, because when you buy tickets, you know where you're sitting. And you got to be, you got to be thinking like, all right, we, we're front row, man. We got we were going to be on camera. What are we going to have for a sign? We got, we got like, we got to have something. People are going to remember this. We're going to see this on TV because we're taping the pay-per-view so we can watch it back. What are we going to have for a sign? Got it. Asshole. 
fucking perfect. <laughs> I, I actually kind of like to hope that they never met each other and they just randomly <laughs> stood up there. <laughs> and one of them's got a whole sign. <laughs> one guy just brought a whole sign. Yeah. And they just became friends forever. <laughs> 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 it, it just said hole. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I love Courtney Love. Uh, that's a good one. <clears throat> All right. Uh, surprise, surprise. The main event <laughs> turns into a whole kind of clusterfuck. Um, oh, and Earl Hebner in a ref bump. So mark that down on your bingo cards. It was like he got bumped. Seven times in this match. Earl Hebner's bumps were terrible. <laughs> he got bu- this. He got bounced into by accident, which led into the Undertaker getting tied in the ropes, and then he gets bumped again. Yeah, he get choke slammed or just punched. Uh, he got punched after the match was over. Uh, he, because because at this he, at this point because there was a lot of like uh, false moments where like one came about the halfway point of the match where. They're brawling outside, and Austin slams Taker's face off the steps. And it was funny because watching the camera angles and the way they cut, uh, when when Austin was slamming Undertaker's face into the steps, the camera cut to this very wide, deep crowd shot where you couldn't see them over un- underneath the crowd. And my thought was definitely, because Earl was right there for it as well, they were doing that just in case because these two have been bleeding for like a month now. Like they have both been opening up the same cuts for a month. So it's, it's quite possible that in one of these moments they slip or they fuck up somehow. And one of them actually cuts himself way too fucking early. And my thought was they cut to that camera just in case if they needed Earl to like wipe a towel across his face or something real quick. Uh, but because he didn't, get broken open they were able to reshow the other angle of his face hitting the thing and oh, it was right with the world and another replay ref bump tied up in the ropes uh austin picks up a camera that was in the ring because the cameraman just got raptured i guess i don't know what happened <laughs> so so x-pac comes to the ring hits hits the undertaker with a spinning heel kick while the undertaker has a chair in his hand uh it's called a van daminator have some respect <laughs> sorry <laughs> My mistake. Rob <laughs> Rob needs those $10. Send it to him. <laughs> so Xbox hits him with the fucking van fuck of whatever. Van Daminator, goddammit. <laughs> cracks Undertaker with the chair. Yep. Austin commandeers the camera. Yep. Bada bing. Then we got Gush City. Taker's Holy bleeding. Uh, but the ref is still down. At least he's pretending to be down even though we can see on camera that he's actually watching the whole goddamn thing uh taker turns around and starts beating on austin again he's getting ready to set him up for the tombstone it looks like and earl sees his face and does his i'm hurt and i have wobbly arms call for the bell thing and uh that's when taker just drops austin and fucking wallops earl hebner which you know selling bootleg shirts not cool man you deserve that punch so one one thing we kind of glossed over too prior to all this happening, Shane McMahon runs into the ring. I mean, so many people ran into the ring. And I lost track. It, it's so tough to keep it straight, but Austin just 
Yeah. The twos in with the, the chair shot. shot to the head. Okay, so I, I know this is audio and, and people listening can't see, but when Shane got hit with the chair, I mean, like you said, tattoos, great word. He murdered him. And it literally, it was one of those things that I'm watching. It popped me out of my chair and I did one of those weird, like, oh, like my whole body recoiled in horror because it's just so ugly. Those shots were so fucking bad, man. It's like, you could, it's like, oh, he's not going to know his grandkid's name. <laughs> that's, that's bad. Yeah, that was uh, that was then the chair got dented. Like it was, it was vicious. It wasn't, it wasn't a gimmick chair. Like this was no, uh, never were. It's a men. It's fucking crazy. It's so men killing men for your pleasure on pay per view. <laughs> we're gladiators, damn it! So he murdered Shane McMahon for twenty nine ninety nine. If you send it a copy of your cable bill, you get a fucking. You'll get an Undertaker mouse pad. <laughs> I remember getting those free cable fucking gimmicks. <laughs> those are stupid as shit. Here's a plastic cup with a wrestler you don't like. <laughs> we'll send you a t-shirt. Sizes are small or viscera. Here's a, here's a Grandmaster sexy plastic cup. What the fuck am I going to do with this? They always say collect them all, but there's only like... Two of them. How many cable bills do you think I have? <laughs> Collect them all. Nah, I'd rather not. <laughs> no, no, I don't. You don't want to see what I'm ordering. It's like you couldn't put all of two cool on it. You'd have to put them one at a time. <laughs> all right. Um, so, yeah. So, obviously, Taker bled. Earl called for the bell. Austin is, this is the only title match where the title did not change hands in this show. So it was, a, it was a gangbuster of a show. Austin is still the WWF champion. And Vince is no longer allowed on TV? Yes. Okay. We'll so, see how that works next week. <laughs> well, um, it, it's funny you say that uh, next week. He's not to give a spoiler away. He's on the very next night on I Raw. I was gonna say, like Raw is tomorrow night. I'm, ex I'm expecting Vince to be there. Um, nevertheless, uh, after the match, Undertaker opens up Austin, and and my God, Austin just bleeds like thick, dark blood. There was a lot of it. Holy shit! Is Austin a bleeder, a champion bleeder at that? Yeah, this was unhealthy. I, I didn't realize how much blood actually was spilled during this. When I was watching it tonight, yeah. before, before we, we started taping, I was uncomfortable with the amount of blood. Like, get, this man, get this man a Band-Aid. I mean, it's not the Eddie Guerrero-JBL match where they both basically died, but it was a lot of blood. And for... For an Austin, this is, I think this is more blood than the WrestleMania Bret Hart match. Mm, I don't think so. It was, I think, I think what, what, what I took away, what set me aback on it was how just like, cause he had like this big, thick, dark, almost black glob on his forehead. And it's like, ah, that just looks like so much. <laughs> and he's also bald. So, you know, none of the blood is hidden by hair. 
And the other thing, too, is, you know, he had the huge bandage on his head. It could have been a blood. It very well could have been, actually. You know. It could have been. Uh, who the fuck knows? Uh, but, yeah, afterwards, uh, Triple H then runs in, starts attacking Austin. Uh, Rock shows up and, and scares off Triple H and gives McMahon a stunner, as you do. And that's the show. That is WWF Fully Loaded 1999. Fucking entertaining, man. Really entertaining. It was, uh, as they say, such good shit. That's, that's good shit, man. Uh, so there we go. Fully Loaded 1999 is in the books. Uh, coming up next week on Two Guys Watching Wrestling, we are covering the next two episodes of Raw is War from July 26th and August 2nd of 1999. Please subscribe to the show. Uh, tell your friends to subscribe. We are available on any and all podcasting apps, so hit the subscribe on your favorites. Hit the likes. Hit the favorites. Hit the five-star reviews. We love that shit. Uh, Rich, do the social media plugs. So Facebook... We're going to be on Two Guys Watching Wrestling. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Give us a thumbs up. Give us some feedback. We'd love, love to hear from you. And, and we're like on our the, video of Coco. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we got the Bluebird. We haven't been uh, shut off by the Bluebird yet on Twitter. Uh, we're at Two Guys Russell Pod, the number two guys Russell Pod. Uh, give us a follow. Give us a retweet. Give us uh, some hashtags because we got to get closer to that uh, hashtag Blue Chew Money. There you go. Thank you for joining us. From Mike Went, Rich Ellison. This is two guys watching wrestling on our season three called Nightsticks and Coffins, the Big Boss Man's Naughty 1999. We'll see you next week.